I'm nice right now. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? Guys, we did it. We're back. It's been a while. It's actually been a long time. It's been over a month now. Over four weeks since we last had a show here. But we're back. This is your Friday Night Lights Fantasy Podcast. I'm going to do a few things for you today. There hasn't been a lot of big news. No new jerseys. No new face masks. A lot of political stuff that's going to be left out of here. There's enough of that online. You can go do that. We're going to stick to football because that's what we do. Maybe not do well, but that's what we do here. And today, we're going to talk about the slew of trades that happened between now and our last show, and then I'm going to have a regular co-host, fellow statistician, uh, Jacob Sanderson. We are going to talk about rankings. We are going to talk about ADP. We're going to talk about some random dynasty stuff, and we've been talking about breaking down our teams with our, our copious amount. We both sat down and wrote it out. We have our most drafted our least drafted, the we're not going to touch these guys, our big maybes. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So without further ado, Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be back on the show, um, and I'm happy to be talking some football. We're getting closer and closer to football season. Um, it looks like we're actually going to have a football season, so that's really exciting. It looks like we might actually finish a basketball and a hockey season, so that's really exciting. And... Um, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, you know, I hope we can have some fun and be a distraction for all the crap going on in the world. You know, if anyone, if anyone wants my political takes, I'm on Twitter. For here, I'm I'm only here for my football takes. So um, I'm uh, I'm excited to to chat with you. And I think that's an important thing. Like we started this project when it was a distraction from a pandemic, and we're gonna keep that theme rolling <laughs> this much time later for yeah. distraction from some violence out there. But what I wanted to start with or some trades, because as this league never fails to disappoint, there is always something happening. Doesn't matter how small, doesn't matter how big, it's something, and if it's something, which means... Was there a trade, Jacob, that happened in this time that maybe when you saw it shocked you a little bit? Hum, okay, well, let's see here. Just, just briefly, because we're going to get into the detail of it, but I'm just curious. Well, of course, I made, I think, about half the trades that were in here. Fair enough. Um, so maybe that, was, uh, maybe that was a tougher one. Um, I would say, okay, I'll give one that shocked me. It was like a small one, but um, I think most of the bigger ones I was involved in. Um, I'll go with the Josh Kelly Dawson Knox trade and I'll say this one shocked me because I've never seen a trade before that I didn't like for Billy and this was the first so that shocked me even though it's not a very big trade um, I love Josh Kelly I think he's going to step into like 85% of the Melvin Gordon role and so him trading him for Dawson Knox um, I thought DJ won that trade 
And so maybe this is like either a backhanded compliment or a um, or a kind insult to Billy, where I was just shocked that I thought Billy lost a trade. So that that was my shock. It definitely doesn't happen often, and when you get a guy that seems to dominate every trade he's in, you kind of just gotta knock him down a few pegs when he does slip up, even just a little bit. Maybe not. Who knows? It, because Billy did it, I like instantly went to my ranks and I was like, maybe I have Dawson Knox too low because I have that much <laughs> faith in Billy that um, it made me like rethink my entire opinion on Dawson Knox. Yeah, well, I mean, athletic, tight end, opportunity. Good fro. Etc. He's got that Great, nice curly hair. 70s fro. Yeah. Uh, Baker can only dream of. Yeah. So the, the first trade I want to talk about involves repeat offenders which is Stolp and Tomley <laughs> dealing it out again, back and forth, boxing it out. And if I were to tell you, everyone, that Stolp acquired another running back, what would anybody be surprised? But he did. He started another uh, low-end RB2 with, like, mid-RB2 upside, unless someone gets hurt. He's got another one. No, that's ridiculous. Mid-RB2 upside? Oh, you said yeah. unless someone gets hurt. Yeah, okay, okay, unless okay. someone gets hurt. We should have the hunt debate though, because I'm way higher on hunt than you. Yeah, we could do that actually. We can we can we, debate we hunt right well, now. I love he Kareem would be hunt. he would be a guy that is not on any one of my 22 fantasy teams. That's incredible. So we can definitely talk about. Yeah, that he's on plenty of up. mine. Yeah, I just I want no part of him. He's on my must draft list. He's on my won't touch list. Okay, so I'll, how come? I'll let you go first. You're the host. Okay, so I don't care about a guy that needs someone to get hurt to be relevant again and i don't think he's ever going to be a starting running back in the nfl because he can't not fuck up it took him like six days after the season to get pulled over to get cited and admit that he'd fail an nfl drug test six to seven days once the season was over where he was already coming back from an eight-game suspension for being a pile of garbage. <laughs> like, I don't see any team, especially in the social climate now, forking him over, starting running back money in a time of uh, committees, and there are just way too many other committees for me to be interested in going out of my way to draft him, especially with how high people are drafting him. I if think, he was lower, if he was getting drafted in like a reasonable place and not as like I think a he legit is getting RB2, drafted pretty low. No, nah, he's being drafted as a legitimate RB two right now. Is he? I don't know. I'd yeah. actually, I'd actually be curious to see the ADP because like I, I don't know the ADP and I know you have it in front of you, so maybe I you can pull it up. up while you but, make your argument. Um, I think like I, I'm actually, at, I haven't gotten a whole ton of him in Dynasty, but I'm getting a lot of him in redraft and best ball. And maybe that's, that's where he belongs. And maybe right? that's maybe that's because like I don't really have necessarily a lot of faith that he's gonna go and be a top ten running back that he's gonna get a big contract um, again to be that starter. But what I see at least in best ball and redraft is he's being drafted around you know the Tariq Cohen's, the Sony Michels, the James Whites, the you know all of the rookies. Um, Darius Geis, those guys, like all of the sort of committee type. 50-50 running backs, and to me, of all of those guys, Kareem Hunt's floor is just the same, if not higher, because, you know, if you base it off last year, I know it's a new offense, but if you base it off last year, he was just as involved in the passing game as Tariq Cohen and James White, for instance, but, you know, if David Montgomery gets hurt, or if Sony Michelle gets hurt, 
I don't think Tariq Cohen and James White become RB1s because they're not, you're not giving those guys 20 carries a game. Get out of here. But if Nick Chubb gets hurt, Kareem Hunt, like, if Nick Chubb got hurt, like, tomorrow, if tomorrow he snapped an ACL, I actually think I would have Kareem Hunt as my RB5 overall in, in uh, redraft formats. So his upside to me is sky high, and I'm drafting around people who I think he has a similar floor to, but a way higher ceiling. In Dynasty, maybe not, because I think people are baking in that upside post this year. But I think this year, like, I would rather, if I'm talking about people that I would rather have Kareem Hunt than just strictly for this year, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than Devin Singletary. I would rather have Kareem Hunt than um, Chris Carson. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than any running back on the San Francisco 49ers. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than any of the rookie running backs outside of um, Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and I would, I might even rather have Kareem Hunt than Leonard Fournette. That's, well, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than Leonard Fournette, but I think Leonard Fournette is like 100 carries away from being doggy do. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. That's, that's crazy to me. That that's it's that high for Kareem Hunt for redraft because like what a Singletary I feel like both of them are like I'm gonna Singletary's get Singletary's gotta be top fifteen he's in redraft I think that's crazy why because he's not gonna get any touchdowns that we I don't believe that Moss is gonna come in and take as much work as people are afraid of so their goal line back is Josh Allen eh, I don't think and then that keeps up either. How, how many how many goal how many carries do you think that Singletary got inside the five last year? Twelve, I think. He got two. Oh, okay. He got two. The way that repeats. That's too far one way. I mean the the coaching staff has said Zach Moss is gonna come in and take the Frank Gore role. So I think it's just like I think Moss is a really low At upside that level, I don't think. He'll even catch more touchdowns than I don't than know. I just like to me Singletary is like a guy that's like a high floor guy because he's gonna get carries and targets every week. But he's not a high ceiling guy because I don't think he's gonna get more than four or five touchdowns. He's not gonna get enough carries to make it worth it. And like I just don't think they so I don't know, and it's like what's more likely to me? Zach Moss gets hurt or Nick Chubb gets hurt? Like, well Nick Chubb's probably gonna get three times the carry, so I'm assuming Nick Chubb's probably three times as likely to get hurt. So I'd I'd rather have Cream Hunt than De- Devin Singletary. I don't think Devin Singletary I haven't done AFC projections yet and we'll talk about projections later, but I would be shocked if Singletary's in my top twenty. That's 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 too low to me. Like I'm not I'm not as high as like other people that we know, Andrew on how good Singletary is. I think that's changed because they drafted a guy. But I think they drafted a guy who's just okay at running back. And I think that if Singletary's talent progresses, like, and he keeps flashing, I think he's just going to get more and more and more of the RB1 touches on a team like Buffalo. Where is he for you in Dynasty? Because I do have a Dynasty rank on him. Dynasty is like 14 to 15. So I have him 25. That's nuts to me. I have him behind. That's crazy to me. I have him behind Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, David Montgomery. Crazy. All to those me. guys. Crazy. Yeah, I have him twenty-five. I have him right in between David Montgomery and James Conner. He's gonna be more PPR friendly. Yeah. He's good. Like, I just don't that's... see him being weak winning. I see him being like a guy that scores twelve points every week. Like I think he's James White. That's not well, James White can win weeks as we've seen before we've w- seen him win weeks uh, before. no he could have won a week but i had him on my bench so <laughs> yeah even just last year but i mean you don't know how josh allen's gonna be in your three 
You don't know Andrew knows. if they are. Andrew knows yeah, how Josh Allen's going to be in year three. And apparently sure. he's going to be Steve Young mixed with Joe Montana. Yeah. I think he's closer to Jeff George, but that's that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, he's more mobile. Well, athletes are different now. My favorite, like, do you follow any of the pro football focus guys on Twitter? I might. I follow, like, all of them, and their favorite thing is, like, posting polls right now about who's better, Josh Allen or Mitch Trubisky. And, like, the answer is Josh Allen. Um, because I think you might be better at quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, but, um, like it's, I was not, I was definitely not, (laughs) but it's, it's like really funny watching Buffalo fans just tilt in the comment section because the, there was like no one, no one is like met on Josh Allen. People either think that he shouldn't be a starter in the NFL or that he is like a first ballot hall of famer. Like there's like, like people are so split on Josh Allen. Few people like me who think he's just like, Oh, Okay. I think he's fun. He needs like seven rushing touchdowns at least a year to be relevant. I think he's good in fantasy. I wouldn't want him to be the quarterback of my team. No, I've had enough like people as accurate as Kyle Bowler and as mobile as, as Steve McNair, and I just don't want the combo. So yeah, stay away. He's fun in fantasy. Like he'll yeah, he'll he get makes you, Buffalo games interesting. To he'll watch. get you twenty fantasy points while looking horrific. Like I have digs on like. Yeah. enough teams to i'm gonna have to watch a lot of buffalo games closely i'm gonna want to cry every time he misses a deep ball oh yeah, yeah. Being wide he's open. like when you go to the batting cage and it's baseball season but you go to like a shitty batting cage <laughs> and the ball comes in really fast and it's unhittable because it's one of those gross yellow things that hurts your bat but like you don't know where it's gonna come like every fifth one comes at your head yeah and you're trying to duck like that's watching josh allen throw a deep ball like it's going hard but it could go absolutely anywhere Okay, do you want some rankings on where uh, Kareem Hunt is? Yeah, on so... On average, according okay. to Fantasy Pros, in Dynasty, yeah. 74. Um, 74th ranked player. Okay, that means nothing to me. What is he in running back? I will look that up. I just wanted to I just wanted to throw out... These are some players that are ranked around him. Chris Carson, 73. Hollywood Brown, 72. Connor, 71. Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, 69. Uh, nice. Henry Ruggs, 75. My uh, guy. Nikhil Harry, 78. <laughs> Keyshawn, Keyshawn Vaughn, 79. Uh, 86, Denzel Mims. 85, David Johnson. Okay, then, then Kareem uh, Hunt is going too high in Dynasty. 81, Darius Geis. Yeah, so uh, Geis is the first running back you've mentioned that I have lower than Hunt in Dynasty. So I will agree with like, you that Hunt is going too high in Dynasty. I, uh, I this, have, is, this also isn't Superflex. I can't seem to find Superflex. Who cares? Is, but that's like, the let's same just difference. say whatever. Like Joe Burrow's 100. Whatever. AJ Green's 101. Um, Marlon Max 107. Yeah, Mostert's 108. That's what? Yeah. Raheem Mostert's the 108th ranked player in Dynasty right so now. So I have, I, have, I have Raheem Mostert actually. I don't do overall rankings. I just do it within positions. But um, right. I just wanted like a great. No, example. that's fair. Like I, I have Carson at. Like I have Hunt at 30 right now in Dynasty ranks um, in, run, in terms of running backs. And so he's lower than everyone that you mentioned. I have Carson at 23. I have he's Connor the RB 26. Okay. RB yeah. 27. That's, that's, that is too high, I think. Yeah that's, yeah. that's where he is. According to like fan track. Apparently, I'm high on Raheem Mostert. I didn't think I was. I like. I think a lot of people are not like. Uh, I didn't think I was. Not D. Jameson uh, high, but no, high. that's like yeah, high. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he if he. I have him at does, 29. I have him one well, spot above Hunt. Dumb, so it's you know. He has sky high upside. Like if if San Francisco decides to not be dumb, and like they decide that Tevin Coleman is bad. 
and they'll actually give Mostert 80% of the work, then he has RB1 upside. Yeah. I, don't, I think the Kyle Shanahan, like, I think Tevin Coleman must He's have terrifying. some sort of, like, he has some sort of blackmail. Like, he caught Kyle Shanahan cheating on his wife. <laughs> and and he was like, I will continue to keep this a secret if you like let me start every game and average three and a half yards a carry. Yeah, I but think that's give what me happened. Fourteen carries, no matter what. And yeah, you are. It's mandatory for you to pass me two shitty passes that I or two good passes that I get to drop. Yeah, without consequence. And then randomly give me twenty carries in a playoff game against Minnesota when everyone is starting Raheem Mostert in DFS. Exactly. Yeah, just to fuck with everyone. <laughs> that game was a nightmare. This is for not paying me in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah exactly. But we're we're like uh, I don't know seventeen, sixteen, some minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the first trade that we were going to yeah. talk about. Whoops. We got Kareem Hunt sidetracked. So yeah. back at it. Guess what? Kareem Hunt, the twenty twenty one third round draft pick. For DK Metcalf was the deal between uh, Stolp and Tomley. I mean, I like Metcalf a lot. He's now on my roster, so. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about that. So, yeah, we, yeah we're, we're in agreements. Even I would take Metcalf, and I don't like Metcalf. But, I mean, it is what it is. And then our next up, a uh, trade that was done seven days later, was Stolp again. Uh, getting rid of running backs. <gasps> what? <laughs> he got rid of two running backs. He picked up John Brown of Buffalo, George Kittle, and a 2022 third. Also acquired a draft pick, not got rid of him. And he traded uh, Sony Michelle, who I think is still not useless, and Nick Chubb. And he sent that to the Bear Docs. Breaking that down, and what I'm looking at, I, I probably wouldn't have traded George Kittle for that. But like you, you, are, you prefer Stolp side on that, or you yeah. prefer? Like, no, I, I prefer, yeah, I prefer Stolp's side on that. Okay, sure. interesting. Um, I mean, I'm not a Chubb guy. Me either. That's, that's why um, I'm lower on it. But um, I, I probably prefer to Baradox's side a little, just because I think John Brown and Sony Michelle are kind of equal to me. I don't really care about a 2022 third. Like, I can't imagine I would ever draft George Kittle ahead of Nick Chubb. Um, but I've, I've talked with Stolp, and the man says that his mission in life is to have George Kittle in every single fantasy league. Um, I don't think that like Nick Chubb is demonstrably better than George Kittle. I actually think Nick Chubb's getting overdrafted. So I don't hate it. I don't know. I think it's like kind of equal-ish. Isn't it weird that we're saying that a guy that almost, if not for a crazy Derrick Henry game, would have led the NFL in rushing, and we're like, yeah, he's being drafted too high. Well, I mean, the thing is, in the eight games that Kareem Hunt played, he outscored Kareem Hunt in two of them. Yeah, fair enough. So, like, he was lighting it up the first eight weeks, and then he was, like, real average the last eight weeks because he was on pretty much the same rushing pace. But, like, if you're not getting any receiving work, you, you have to be Derrick Henrying it to be relevant, like, as an RB1. Because if you're getting, even if you're getting 80 rushing yards a game and a touchdown a game, but you're not catching any passes. It's like, a super it's 14 it's points a week. Michelle's it's like, okay, that's an RB2. If you're on an okay team in a hard division as well, you're basically kind of Sony Michelling it. Yeah, like, I mean? so, and to think of Nick Chubb that way, yeah, it's possible. Like, it's like, kind of like his rookie year, right? Yeah, like, I just don't know what Chubb, like, I just don't see Chubb as, like, a surefire RB1. Like, he's, I think he'll get 12, 1,300 rushing yards for sure. Um, he'll probably get 10 rushing touchdowns. But how many passes are you going to catch? Like, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. I have them at 35. Yeah, I haven't projected the SC, but that sounds about right. Like, like when, when um, right, the Browns are probably not going to throw a whole ton. When they do throw, 
Like they have Beckham and Landry, and if now they, they want, have Hooper. If they, if they want to win, they got to take the ball out of Baker's hands. Okay, because he sucks. Okay, um, but when they do throw to running back, they've proven that they're going to throw to Kareem Hunt, not Chubb. So, like, I don't see Chubb catching more than like 30, 35 balls. That's like two a game. I also think so, that there's a little bit like okay. So when you're watching the the times that Hunt and Chubb are on the field at the same time, like Kitchens was running some really weird force the ball to certain players on certain. Like, one-look plays is what mm, Kitchens was, yeah. like, running. What well, Kitchens is bad. And it, he is. And now they get a good coach who might see the value in giving it to their, possibly who they feel is a better running back, than a guy that's, like, might be on the team one week and might not be. Like, he may not be a focal point of an offensive system where everyone knew, like, oh, when Kareem Hunt gets there, Freddie Kitchens is going to use mm. him like crazy. We don't know enough about Stefanski outside of what he called last year in Minnesota, which is a predominantly one-back, power-back system. But that was, a, that was also a system with Dalvin Cook. Like, I don't know, I, I just, I do think, I do think you're onto something, which is that... But I don't that, think Dalvin Cook has ever rushed for as many rushing yards as Nick Chubb did on a bad team last year in a hard division. So yeah. now you're thinking, like, he's got a better offensive line with maybe a better coach on probably a better team who's going to maybe be in more games. No, not a better it's, team. It's like, I think overall their team got better. Is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you meant they were better than the Vikings. Oh, oh no, okay. no, no, no. Like okay. on a better team for sorry. him in yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah. So now you get a guy who, from only what we saw, likes to run one back, run him often, and his Nick Chubb also has a better offensive line and a better team overall that should be closer in games. He could see the field even more. So we don't. Th- there's a lot of variables that could be. It could either go like that split that they had last year, which I think would be wrong to base it on, because now you got new coach, new system, probably a new philosophy with a different team makeup. They're one of those teams in Cleveland that it could either go exactly how it went last year, which was a shit show, or it could do a complete turnaround, and there's not a lot of those teams, but they were one of the teams, again, that like kind of cleaned house, changed everything, but still got better. So it's going to be, to me, the guy that was the top guy, in Cleveland should be that top guy, which is why Hunt is so far down for me. But at the same time, it could not happen that way, and Chubb could just be a higher drafted Sony Michelle in the end too. Like it's, it's one of those teams possible. that could go one or the other. It's definitely possible. Like I guess what I would I don't know. I I think yeah, you can't necessarily go off what Kitchens did. I also don't think you can totally go off what Stefanski did in one year. I think like my my issue with Chubb is we have never seen him other than the eight game the first eight games of last year when their other back was suspended. Like we've never seen him be the predominant pass catching back in an offense. Like it was in at Georgia, the pass catching back was Sony Michelle. Then Gross. which is hilarious to say the pass catching back was Sony Michelle. Um, and then in Cleveland year one it was Duke Johnson, and then last year it was Kareem Hunt. So like I just don't know if that's his optimal skill set. And so I do think that Stefanski, like he comes from the Shanahan, LaFleur, McVeigh school. So, you know, that school of thought is always, we don't want to give away our hand. So I don't think that there's necessarily going to be the case where, like it was last year, where, okay, Nick Chubb's on the field, he's going to run the ball. Kareem Hunt's on the field, he's going to catch the ball. Yeah. Like, I don't know about that. I think that probably Nick Chubb might catch a little bit more but I also think Kareem Hunt probably runs a little bit more. Like, I think they might run less two-back sets, and they might just, like, interchange the two because, like, Kareem Hunt can run the ball. He's ran for, like, 1,400 yards in his career. It's not like he's Tariq Cohen. So I think that, like, I don't know. I I think, I don't know. I just, to me, like, Nick Chubb is just kind of meh. But 
we could see. I do think they're going to be an efficient offense. They're going to be an efficient running offense. I think Chubb will be part of that. But, like, I would rather have, like, in Dynasty at least, um, I have Nick Chubb. This will probably seem like an offensive ranking. I have Nick Chubb ranked 11th. Um, in Dynasty, I'd rather have Joe Mixon. I'd rather have Josh Jacobs. I'd rather have Miles Sanders. I'd rather have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor. I don't think any of those are like a <gasps> kind of situation. Like, I think that's probably where he should be. Like, he should be maybe the sixth or seventh running back. Maybe the ninth running back off the board and something. Like, that's probably the highest I put him is nine. Yeah, like I a guess. dynasty startup, including rookies, because excluding rookies, right. it'll change, obviously. But if you're including, like, a, if it's a true startup with rookies included, he should go anywhere between nine and, and 12. Should yeah. Be like, like the back end of the first round is probably too high. I'd say I draft think because the two guys I have directly behind Chubb in Dynasty, which is Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake, I'd rather have both of them than Chubb this year in a redraft. Yep. Yeah, and I would actually argue that I would rather him in Dynasty too because Drake doesn't have mileage even though he's older, and neither does Henry. So like, I, I want even the though contract. they're twenty six, but they're gonna like. I think there's no way Tennessee doesn't resign. Henry, and as long as Drake doesn't do something hilariously stupid, Arizona's going to pay him because they're going to have the money. So, like, I, I have think, more confidence I Arizona pays Drake, actually, than, than the Titans pay Henry. Just I because. I think they need him. Like, I think, I mean, I love Derrick Henry. In, in redraft formats, he'll probably be my RB5. Um, yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I just. I don't know, they, they're paying him like $12 million on the franchise tag this year. I feel like there's no way that if they went to him this year and they were like, we'll give you, you know, $30 million over three years or $27 million over three years. I feel like he's probably signing that deal. And, and that, that, so it's like, why would they pay him more this year like just to postpone that long-term deal? I, I, I feel like them It'll franchise tagging him this though. year That's is... The thing. It'll give him leverage we'll with age a little bit. Like, but if also at the same time, if Derrick Henry goes out and shows out 14 to, we, we said before, like right. a while ago, like 15 to 18 rushing touchdowns oh, somehow seems totally possible yeah, for him. Yeah, I think it's probable. With like 1,500 yards for sure. Right. Yeah. So to think that they're not going to pay a guy that does that back-to-back, especially if Tennessee goes to the playoffs, if Tannehill doesn't regress, if A.J. Brown keeps going, if Jonu Smith breaks out, they, actually, they have the opportunity to just shred that division. Like, I don't think that's anyone's guaranteed division. Rivers could throw 32 interceptions and they oh, could lose games. No, please, no. Jacksonville's going to Jacksonville. Please, no. yeah, Bill O'Brien's going to Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Like, there's an opportunity for that division. So, I yeah. mean, you just grind them. You ride them out as hard as you can. And if he doesn't slow down at all, I think they just re-sign him because he might be that different cat. He might be that. When you watch him play, he doesn't ever really get hit hard. And he doesn't get hit he's awkwardly. he's bigger than all linebackers. Right, but he doesn't like he doesn't like get hit awkwardly. Yeah. He doesn't get pulled down weird. He runs out of bounds. Like he's missed he, what, like one game due yeah, to injury. And he, he protects his, his body and it was like a precaution injury. It wasn't like a yeah. oh his his knee's too rough, he can't go. It's yeah. like we don't need this fucking game and these guys suck, so take a seat and right. we gotta use Dion Lewis a little bit for how much we pay yeah. him. Like right. that to me is how I went. That now, was I think hard the to rookie, watch, by the way. Very. I think the rookie they drafted is gonna cause some problems. For Derrick Henry, but we're not worried about Derrick Henry catching passes. Although it seems to be every time he does, and he gets like four yards He's without being touched. He's a good pass touched, catcher. Yeah, anytime he gets four yards without being touched, uh, nobody wants to tackle. Right, him. like 
Earl Thomas. I so actually I don't understand. I don't understand why they don't pass Derrick Henry. Like, like he's not. He doesn't exactly look like a graceful ballerina out there. He doesn't. But like, when but when but when he gets the ball in his hands and he manages not to drop it. Like, who wants to tackle that fucker in space? No, there's nobody. <laughs> like, Ask Earl Thomas how no. much. He talked shit for a <laughs> whole week leading up to that game, and then he was the only guy found trying to run away from him constructively. Right. Like, I would love to have Derrick Henry in space, like, with a full head of steam, right? Like, the only way that Derrick Henry gets stopped is if you stop him as soon as he gets the ball in his hands. Like, once he gets those legs churning, like, it's like tackling a Ford F-150. Who wants to do that? Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Like, I, I don't imagine it would be... Um, fun to stop him from catching passes but when you look worse than leonard fournette when you do it it's really hard to justify it yeah so i can see why they drafted a guy but okay i just want to point this out too i don't think that every rookie that got drafted even if they were in the first round is gonna pan out so you are playing the game of odds so people in pittsburgh are worried about mcfarland i'd be more worried about benny snell people in washington are worried about gibson i'd be more worried about bryce love I think that you like Bryce Love. Hey? He was gonna be a first round pick out of college if he didn't blow his friggin' knees out harder than Geis did. Like he had a damn near Willis McGahee type. Washington setback. loves running backs with devastating knee injuries. Yeah, right? it's, just it's like, a give habit. Me more Curtin of Portis. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Morris didn't have any knees. At least he didn't run like it. <laughs> uh, crazy that he led the NFL in rushing or yeah. was like top two like back to back. It's Washington was on a streak there for a while where it was like Portis was going to have 1,500 yards, Alfred Morris was going to have 1,400 yards, but only for like two straight seasons, and then they die. It's like a weird thing. But they were on a streak there, but I think Geis Geis is still the guy I want there. Like, I'm not afraid of Gibson as much. I think Geis is still going to get the shot. I'm just thinking, like, people, it's like, oh, every every rookie running back this year is going to make an immediate impact. No, they're not. Chances are they're not. A lot of them are going to be third-string guys. They're going to need an injury or two and something amazing to happen to go their way. So don't be totally uh, scared off of these guys just because these teams drafted a, uh, a rookie running back. So I'm not – as much as I just said, like, the rookie running back Tennessee drafted is going to be maybe somewhat of a problem. Like, I, I wouldn't ignore him. Like, he's a Deion Lewis replacement, right? Yeah. He's like a small little scat back. Like, he's going to – like – yeah, if, if you were projecting that all of a sudden this was the year Derrick Henry was going to catch 50 passes, then then Darrington Evans being drafted would quash you of those hopes and those dreams. Right. But if you were thinking that, you're dumb. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're thinking that, you better be like the first running back off the yeah, board in every yeah. redraft league. Yeah. If you hit that, uh, let me know anywhere right. out there. Because I can't imagine, like, like, Tennessee is like a pretty well-coached team. I can't imagine they're ever going to sit there on the sideline and be like, man... Do we want to take 10 carries away from Derrick Henry and give them to this tiny little guy out of what's its Nazi university? Yeah. No, they're not going to do that. It's stupid. Yeah. Everyone, is, where is he from? Kent State? I don't even know, actually. Okay. I just, he wasn't even someone that popped up on the, like, on the radar until he got drafted and all the Twitter nerds came out and was like, No, Twitter, Twitter nerds liked him before I, it was I cool. I knew it all along. No, He's Twitter nerds. JJ Zacharyson was like the biggest Darrington Evans fan for months. And, like, he's the messiah of the Twitter nerd community. So he's... Darrington Evans is peak Twitter nerd. Well, he's going to enjoy riding the pine to a superior runner. All right, we've gotten through two trades, Tom. I want to talk... I want to... And we've also gone on, like, four rants, so... Yeah, there we go. 
I want to talk about the big dog, the big dog in the fight, the big trade, the uh, three-way. Oh yeah, three-way trade update. Uh, we had Maddie, yourself, and Tomley uh, pop this one out here. On Maddie's side, this gets a little confusing, so stay with us here. Maddie received David Montgomery, who I like, a 2021 first and a 2021 second, probably late because they're Tomleys. Uh, he sent away Joe Mixon. You received DeAndre Swift, and you moved David Montgomery in a 2022 first. Is everyone caught up so far? And then complete the trade. Uh, Tomley got Joe Mixon, who comes from Maddie, and he got the 2022 first, which comes from you. And he sent away uh, DeAndre Swift, a 2021 first, and a 2021 second, which is a lot. This is probably one of the few three-way trades that when you put it all together, it doesn't take a lot of analysis because it all makes sense. Everyone did it for the right reason. Uh, everyone gets exactly what they want. It's probably the most even trade, even though I'm lower on Swift. Uh, it's probably the most even three-way trade. So how did that come about? What were you guys thinking? And just take it away from your side. For sure. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I should say Swift is no longer on my roster. Um, I ended up flipping him back for Clyde, but we'll get to that. Um, but I'm okay to talk about Swift because I really do like Swift and I think he's being undervalued. Um, so I think we'd had like two different conversations. Tom Lee had posted that he was willing to move one of the rookie running backs because in the draft he got Clyde, Taylor, and Swift. And so um, at that point then I, uh, I was texting him and Maddie was texting him and Tom Lee really wanted to get um, Mixon from Maddie um, and he was willing to add... Uh, you know, to move probably Swift plus to get Mixon. And then, you know, I, I wanted Swift, and I was move, willing to move Montgomery plus to get Swift. But um, it felt like um, it wasn't really necessarily working for any of us. And then we all sort of got together, and we all sort of each valued the players a little bit differently than each other. And so I think from Maddie's perspective, you know, he's he was really trying to get a lot younger. So... Uh, even though Mixon, you know, is pretty young, he's going into year three. He's sort of entering his peak right now, and who knows what's going on with the contract situation. And you know, Maddie wanted to, you know, get more picks or get younger. So for him, he ends up adding, you know, two pretty solid picks, and then Montgomery, who, who is still a young asset. Um, and then you know, for myself, I had a bunch of extra picks, so I wanted to just get another prime asset, and I saw Swift as that opportunity. And Tomley wanted to consolidate and get that elite runner and mix in. So we sort of made it all work. Um, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, I like Swift a lot. I'll, I'll talk about Swift because I, I know I ended up moving him, but um, I really still do believe in him. You know, he was, I think everyone, pretty much everyone's either running back one or running back two. Maybe not everyone, but consensus-wise, he was most people's either RB1 or RB2 going into the draft. Um, and, you know, then people got really bummed out about Detroit. Like, I'm, I'm, like, weirdly not bummed out about Detroit. You know, when I look at a lot of the other running backs, I think Taylor's walking into a three-way split. Akers walking into a three-way split. Dobbins is walking into, like, maybe a four-way split. Five, if you count Lamar. Yeah. Whereas with uh, with the Lions, it's like, okay, so Carrion's there, whatever. He kind of sucks, and he's always hurt. And Stafford was awesome last year until he got hurt. The Lions' offense was really, really good before Stafford got hurt. So, to me, like, I, I have faith in Swift. I don't really like their coaching staff, but I assume that this year, this year either the Lions will be really good, and if the Lions are really good, then Swift will probably be really good. 
or they won't be, in which case Patricia will get fired. And Swift could still be really and good. And then they'll bring in a coach that doesn't suck, and then he'll be really good. So I, I feel like I like DeAndre Swift a lot. I, I loved him out of Georgia, and I don't I don't think he went into like the greatest spot. I, I would prefer if he was on the Chiefs. <laughs> um, but I think like I don't think it's like a death knell. I, I don't think it was like, oh my god, like Detroit, what a disaster. I don't think Detroit's a disaster. You know, like Patricia, one of the reasons why like people at least, you know, more data inclined folks like myself, like make fun of Patricia as he's, you know, smash mouth, run the ball, football. But like, as much as I hate that for, you know, real life football, I, I would like to have a running back for a coach that wants to live in the prehistoric age. So I don't have a problem with DeAndre Swift and he's really versatile. He's really good catching the ball. Um, so I think he's really talented. I think he'll be successful there in Detroit. Um, and I think he has a lot more upside than a guy like Montgomery. Yep. Yeah, that that's pretty that's a pretty clear explanation as to why you'd like him. I just think that Detroit running backs scare everyone off because they haven't had a good one since Barry Sanders. Yeah, like a relevant one. Like Reggie Bush had one good year there. Yeah, sure, that was fun at the, at the end. Yeah, but Theoretic was a fantasy darling for like two or three years, and he caught like seventy some yep. passes back to back. So Stafford has a history of throwing the ball to. Uh, running backs, but I'm not as familiar with their offensive coordinator. No, now it's Bevel. Others. Yeah, I'm like not it as used familiar. to be Cooter, and Cooter was much more into the short passing game. Yeah, like Bevel is, he's kind of weird because, you know, he's not very pass happy, but when he does pass, he tends to throw pretty deep. Um, and like that was true when he was in, um, when he was in Seattle with Russell Wilson for all those yep. years, and you know that was true for like the eight games that he had with Stafford last year. So, I don't know, but I also think that, like, uh, watching on Johnson, like, drop a football all the time last year m- would make me not want to pass the running backs either. Like, Swift True. is just a much better pass-catching back. Last year they had... It alarmed me that when David Blau came in the yeah. games that they didn't force the ball to running backs. Well, at that like, point, on was hurt, right? Like, they had, like, the worst running backs ever. They had, like, like Bo Scarborough and Ty Johnson... Right, but I mean, like, like, to not even try to force it, like, to even make it, like, a possibility concerns me as an offense coordinator that he just might completely abandon it at some point. Like, I I think you're right. I think it's Swift's job. I don't think Carrion even keeps the the starting gig on the ground. Like, I think he's done. I think they tried two or three years, and he's going to be one of those guys that pop up at 25 because he gets a shot, and then... You know, he, he could Damian Williams' his way into a role mm-hmm. on a good team and be super awesome. But uh, I think Swift is going to be the guy there. He can catch passes and he can run. But I think maybe with Stafford being a huck it, chuck it, you know, no risk, get no biscuit quarterback pass catching. Although, that's short pass catching for running backs. I mean, who knows if Hawk is going to be actually any good. Marvin Jones is okay. Galladay is amazing. So there is opportunity for him to... Again, like James White short catches or right. medium catch 10-yard. Ten 10-yard ten receptions aren't out of the question for a guy like Swift where they're completely out of the question for a guy like Johnson. So it could be a different dynamic there with Swift. I just think the Detroit Lions, period, scare away running back. Uh, right. Running back owners, no matter who it is. I They've just been think, like, burned so many times. I get it. Like, it just, their whole line isn't great. No. But I just think, like what, does, like, what does carry-on bring a team? Like, like, he came into the league build as kind of, like, a finesse runner who was good in the passing game, but, like, he's not very powerful, so he's not a very prototypical goal line back. I don't his know. If, com- his confidence is shot. Like, I don't know if Swift is a prototypical goal line back either, but I, I don't think Johnson is, so I think it's very possible Swift could win that job. Like, 
carry on proved to be bad in the passing game last year. So, like, if you're not great in the passing game and you're not very powerful, it's like, well, what are you? I don't know. Like, Swift is more agile than Johnson. He's faster than Johnson. He's a better pass catcher than Johnson. Like, he's not particularly heavy. Right. But I don't mind lighter backs if they're short. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's yeah. a cons- – like, if a back is like, like Ronald Jones, for instance, like, he's 5'11", 205. That's scary because that's pretty lean for a running back. But, like, Swift, he's like 5'8". 210 or something. So it's like, yeah, 210's a little on the light side. But 5'8", 210, like, you look at the guy, he looks thick. He's got that low center of gravity. So he's got, like, the build of he someone who's like, a he, little bit thicker like than his Ray weight. He looks like Ray Rice with a weaker yeah. right hand. Yeah, that's that's true. I just think, like, I if, if my running back's going to be light, I'd rather them be short because they almost carry themselves yep. more heavily. Yep. The concern to me is when you see a back that's, like, 6 feet, 200 pounds. Because that's when you, I think you have injury concerns when you're probably not going to break tackles. Well, you get DeMarco Murray. Yeah, like I think like if you're going to be a tall running back, you better be like 230. Unless you're Adrian Peterson and you're an animal. Like yeah. Peterson was six foot whatever. And right. he, he was not super heavy, but the guy was just a... He was, he was, a, gen, he was, he was a generational running back. But so like Taylor, for instance, right? Like Taylor's a six foot running back, but he's 226. And can move. So he's packing a punch, right? Like... So I don't know. I think Swift can be a between-the-tackles runner because I think he's pretty compact. I think a lot of it's just – that's just not how they roll at Georgia, right? Like nobody is an every-down back at Georgia because yeah. they're like running back you. They always have a million good running backs. Them and Arkansas really run their teams the same way. Yeah. They're running so, back universities. So like I'm not going to judge DeAndre Swift for not getting you know all of the workload. Like I see like some of the analytics guys don't like Swift because they're like, well, you didn't have a very high running back rush here. Well, he went to Georgia. Like I'm sure if you put – DeAndre Swift on some, like, I don't know, if he was on Utah instead of Zach Moss, I'm sure they give him 100% of the carries. But, like, he's competing with a lot of good backs there. Like, they're like, oh, he didn't have a very good breakout age. Well, he was on the same team as Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel. So, and I think I think <laughs> they're going, like, breakout age for college players is a fucking joke to begin with. They didn't break out. Well, they're, like, 18, 19, 20, right. 21. It's like, what are you talking about a breakout? Like, even in college... I don't. I f- I want the. I don't want the guys that break out in college out of nowhere. Like, that's why. Remember our, all our conversations about Joe Burrow. I want. I care a lot about consistency with getting better than like shit to boom because it scares me in college. Different coaches, different situations. Other teams suck drastically. In the NFL, the like, the DJ Moore from last year, like okay rookie, and then a pure actual true breakout in year two is a thing in the nfl not in college don't put that on right them. but i don't think that opportunity but yet. i guess what i think is different about swift is it's not like he like played and was bad and was bad and then all of a sudden he was awesome it was like no they had nick chubb and sony michelle and so swift was a freshman he was just consistent and he was sitting on the bench because yeah. they had two nfl running backs and then they went and then they let deandre swift carry the ball and then he was really good but they're just like Georgia. Just will never give a hundred percent of their carries to running back. No, nope, like nope. it's just not how they unless, run their team. Unless they and just fine. completely ship out their coaching staff. It, yeah, it will never but that's happen. just not how they run their team. So it doesn't just, really concern me. I just see why it's easy to dislike Swift for like fantasy nerds. Yeah, and we all know how I feel about like fantasy nerds trying to rule the fantasy world and taking over. You know, different strategies make if everyone followed the same friggin' strats, it'd be a really boring landscape in mm-hmm. fantasy. Um, so that was that was a rundown on that deal from your end. We had a Billy trade that which you mentioned earlier, which is the Dawson Knox, Josh, Joshua Kelly. We don't analysis. really need to talk about it more. 
I don't care about either of these guys, and I don't like Dawson Knox in tennis. Uh, in uh, wow, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, good <laughs> job, buddy. In Buffalo, as I go. said, and Josh Kelly. I think go it's Vols. the Ek- yeah. I think it's the Austin Eckler show for the next two years there. Think he's gonna get early down work primarily. Yeah, he can run the ball. When Melvin Gordon wasn't there, he was still on pace for like thirteen hundred something rushing yards. Like it's not like he wasn't not gonna run. The- and that was on a bad Chargers team. That was behind all the time because of Philip Rivers' interceptions. So he was still going to run the ball there. So, yeah, I think they paid him as much as you're going to pay a running back now for a guy who's gotten bigger and gotten ready and has proven that he can do it all. And they drafted a rookie running back, and they have a shitty backup who might start a few games. They're going to need him. So if you had a guess, like how, how many carries would you project Eckler for this year? I have him at uh, 235. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm not there. I think he's going to be like 160, 170. Yeah, I think he's in that 230 because I think the Chargers get better and they're going to hand him the ball a lot. Interesting. Okay, like it's going to take away from his I don't, reception I don't total. Think he, I don't think he's the early down guy. I think, I, think, I think that either Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly will be the early down guy primarily. They'll, they'll, take, they'll take some of them. Like I'm not saying he's going to be out there for all of them, but like they didn't pay him that money and he didn't do as good as he did for them not to have him out there at least 80% of the snaps. And if they have 80% of the snaps wow, okay. and they're running the ball, you know what I mean? If they're in well, close if, he has games, 80, if he has 80% of the snaps, I'm with you. I, that's I think that's I think a stretch. Because I don't think a rookie on I that I think he's going to be more like 65-70% of snaps. Or or he might have more of the snaps because they might line him up in the slot, frankly, and they might play two running back sets. But Yeah, we'll I mean, see. there's lots possible for that team because their receiving core isn't... Because like, outside, like they Island. ran, they ran a lot of two running back sets last year when Gordon yep. came back, where they'd have them both in the backfield and, and very successfully. They ran that fun little double wheel action where they'd have Eckler be the lead back and he'd run the deep wheel, and then Gordon would run the shallow wheel, and then they'd have to make the safety make a decision. It was a really yeah, effective it's a, it's play for them. Route. Yeah, and yeah. I think they could do that with Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it definitely possible. I'm just saying, like overall, his running touches from where they were projected to before Gordon came back. Because remember, he was like their RB2, challenging McCaffrey for the RB1 yeah. every week. And they didn't get a running back who's better than Gordon, and they're going to have a better team. So it just leads me to think that Eckler is going to be a little bit a little bit better than maybe some people are thinking, but I get it. So again, we don't, again, we're talking about that one probably more than we have to. Now you pulled off another deal. Oh, we'll talk about my deal. I made a deal. I made a deal with you, actually. Well, uh, after this one. Right. After. Oh no! Sorry, I, no, yeah, I, I screwed did one up again. And then you, did one. you did another one with uh, with Tomley, which was yeah. you got back DK Metcalf, and I never you, traded him away. He got Metcalf mm, from Stolp, and then he gave me oh, DK right. Metcalf. Okay. So yeah. you get DK Metcalf. We're in I gave games. him back Swift though. Uh, right. So you got DK Metcalf and Clyde Edwards Alaire, and you traded away Mike Evans, DeAndre Swift, and your love and life, uh, yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. So how did that one happen? Um, well. He put uh, he put the old OTB beside Jonathan Taylor. So I was talking to him about Jonathan Taylor, um, and you know, first I think first I was like, okay, well, what if I give you like you know Swift and some stuff? So I had offered Swift, a Uke, and a third for Jonathan Taylor, and he was like, okay, maybe I don't know. And then um, eventually he was like, what if we did something a little bigger? And then he was like, what if we did Swift and Evans? Classic Tomley. Um, he was like, what if we did Swift and Evans for Taylor and Metcalf? And I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. Um, I was like, but I think I would need more. I was like, I think if you either, 
like upgraded Metcalf to Ridley, or if you upgraded Taylor to Clyde, then I'm in. And he was like, well, I'll go up to Clyde, but then you need to add something. Uh, and I was like, okay, like, how about like a 20, 21 second or whatever? He's like, I'd rather have AU. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, frankly, like, I would do just about anything to own Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, I don't know if I'm happy or not that he got drafted by the Chiefs because before he got drafted by the Chiefs, um, he was like, he was my RB1 pre draft. And then he got drafted by the Chiefs. And then everyone um, loved Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, whereas like, you know, I always, I say that I, I liked Clyde Edwards Hilaire before it was cool. Um, and so like, I would have owned probably, I would have owned him in every single league if he went like in the third round of the box. Like I just would have owned him everywhere. Um, you know, now I don't because <laughs> he was 1.1, but, um, I, I think like Clyde Edwards Hilaire legitimately, I would take in the first round of a dynasty startup. Um, he's my RB six after the very obvious five. Um, and I would take him after, or I would take him before every quarterback other than Lamar Mahomes, and I would take him before every single wide receiver other than um, Adams, uh, Thomas, I'd, I'd take Hopkins, Adams. and Hill. So I, so I would take him, what's that, 4-5-2. I would take him 12th overall in, in a dynasty startup. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if by two years from now he's the consensus 1.1 overall pick. Um, I think he's the best cat. He is the best pass catching running back that is not exclusively a pass catching running back to come in the league since Kamara. Um, and he's going to the perfect system. Yep. I mean, Damian Williams was like an undrafted cast off back that wasn't good enough to start on a shit Dolphins team. Um, and when he was healthy, he was able to put up consistent RB1 numbers. I think Clyde is significantly better than Damian Williams. He's much better runner between the tackles. He's even a better pass catcher. He's outstanding in space. I think, like, sure, this year he's probably more of, like, a mid-RB2 because I think it'll be a pretty even split with Williams. Yep. But I think once Williams is gone and they don't owe him anything after this year, like, the Chiefs are, the Chiefs are, are like, a pretty, as far as, like, running backs don't matter, teams go, like, the Chiefs are, like, top of the list. Like, they barely run the ball. They have invested. But when they run the ball, they run it fucking right well. like hunt Larry but i'm Johnson saying like and, and priest Holmes are all examples oh for of, sure i just mean like since since the andy reed era like this is not a team like this isn't dave gettleman they're not like one of those teams that's like the way to win the nfl is run the ball and stop the run like they're a pretty like analytics friendly team so for them to take a the, running the game back plan this week is to run the ball and win the game like they're yeah they're a week-to-week team they are sure. but i'm just saying like this isn't a team that like is philosophically like we must have a superstar running back like, they just won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams, paying him, like, $2 million. Who should have been the MVP. So, he should have been. So, like, for Bullshit. them to go out and take a running back in the first round is, like, more of a statement than I think it would be from most teams, right? Like, it's not like the Lions, like, that's their whole thing. Like, we need to run the ball. Like, the Colts, like, they have hats that say run the damn ball. But, like, for the Chiefs to go out and take a running back, like, they don't do that unless they think that guy's special and unless they want to feature him one day. So, like, I legitimately think next year in 2021... I will be taking him, like, in the top couple of picks, I'm sure. I think we're looking at over 1,000 rushing yards, over 1,000 receiving yards. Like, I think this guy's got, like, McCaffrey-level upside. I loved him at LSU. I loved how they used him there. And, I mean, look at look at who the coordinator was. It was Joe Brady, who's going to Carolina to work with McCaffrey. Um, like, I, I think that they, they're going to use him in that kind of role. I think he's going to catch, like, 70, 80 passes. Maybe not this year, but really close it's it's going to be that Marshall Falk Christian McCaffrey style um where 
it's going to be incredible to watch. I think he's going to do absolutely phenomenal things in a great offense, and I want just every single part of him. Which is why that deal makes sense. I mean, it makes sense for both sides. He's still getting a running back. He, he's getting an upgraded receiver. He's getting another you know first round rookie receiver that was drafted this year. You know, it, it's a good deal for both sides. Again, there's not a whole lot to disagree with or or get too far in. I'll I'll we'll say this to close it out though. I have the 101 in the league of record with this beautiful trophy, the one that yeah. Austin couldn't beat me in uh, and hopefully won't beat me in again. So uh, suck it. When I have the 101 in that league, I said, this, I said one thing, it's Joe Burrow or it's whatever running back goes to the Chiefs right. is what I'm taking at 101. Yeah. And I'm telling everyone that, that listens to this that's in that league as well, I'm taking Clyde 101. If you want him, come at me for the pick but go back and look at the trade that made me acquire 101 it was a lot and then imagine yeah. what you're gonna have to give up so if you're gonna send me offers for it come correct because that's who i'm taking austin can i got a little Joe crushed Burrow. to be honest because like i traded that 101 i got it because it was brad's pick yeah and then that i tr- that i had um and then uh and i won the 101 and like i I made the trade assuming that it was either I was trading Burrow most likely or like I was like maybe like, you know, like maybe Taylor Swift or Dobbins goes to the Chiefs. Like had someone told me in advance that like Clyde was going to go to the Chiefs, I don't know if I would have made that trade because I would have been so jacked. I would have been so jacked. But I don't know. I mean, you traded me a shit ton of stuff for that darn pick. So that was a seven hour trade negotiation. But uh, it was, yeah, like that. If Clyde isn't, I mean, I know other people like Jonathan Taylor. I like Jonathan Taylor too. I'm a Colts fan. I love Jonathan Taylor. To me, if Clyde isn't going 1.1 in your startup, I think you are like just deeply wrong in a rookie Rookie draft draft startup. startup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like if Clyde isn't going 1.1 in your rookie draft, I I just think that that is just incorrect. Like I think that like the other two options I guess are Burrow and if it's Superflex and Taylor. I just think it has to be Clyde. Like I think. Taylor's never going to catch 80 passes in his career. Like he could be the best runner in the league. And I think he will struggle to keep up with Clyde and Burrow is, I mean, I love Joe Burrow. He's like my QB six right now in dynasty formats, which I think is about as high as probably anyone would have him. But like quarterback's just a way more replaceable position. Like I think Clyde, I think I I would be absolutely shocked, frankly, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't ever have an RB1 overall season in his career, and that's the most valuable thing you can have in fantasy. I, right. So I, I I think he's got like perennial top five running back in his range of outcomes. Yep, I, yeah, I agree. I'm going to be happy to draft him in that league and, and make a, a defensive run at my lovely championship that's beside me and the uh, local slow pitch uh, team mascot. Yeah. So, we got one trade left, and it's me and you. One trade left, and then we're gonna we're gonna yeah. come back with a little something fun. So uh, you and I did a trade. Yeah, I received Golden Tate, Kenya Drake, Chase Edmonds, and you finally took away uh, Darius Geis from my. You're welcome. My my not wanting him after I talked him up a little bit just now. You also received uh, Jalen Rager and Keyshawn Vaughn, two guys who I like, but wasn't super stoked to get in the draft anyway. I was happy to get Rieger where I got him. Don't think I would have taken him any earlier. Uh, even though people think he's in the best position, I, I don't. I think it's like it could be like Pittman somehow comes out and like is the best. I love Pittman. Maybe um, 
I think Judy has an opportunity if Drew Locke does what we think he's going to do. But yeah, I was happy to get Kenyon Drake. Everyone knows in the league I've been searching uh, relentlessly for a running back. And I actually almost traded Derrick Henry right before we did that deal. And I was going to phone it in. But then now that I picked up uh, Drake to put with Henry, which I think is going to be potentially the RB1 and 2 on this season... Uh, I think it's possible. Got both the free agents there. The twenty-six-year-old yeah, tags. You got the tags. Where either the tag team. Either yeah, you should name your no team the tag shit. team. Yeah, I think I'm at it now. <laughs> I'm gonna create a wrestling team <laughs> tag team name for my my Friday Night Lights team now. Yeah. And uh, I think that there's a world where they finish one and two, or my team sucks horrendously, but they're doing well, and I trade them both for for Trevor Lawrence and and or Lance. And then be happy with that later. But I mean, that's a trade from my side into running back. I, I got Tate because I needed someone for my flex weeks. And I, uh, Cobb knows and people in the league know that I'm a little higher on Tate because I think he's still going to get work in the slot there. So that was okay for me. Losing the maybe and the two rookies, you know, it sucks. But sometimes you have to just trust your gut. And I trust my gut on Kenyon Drake. So that was the trade from my end. I don't know if you want to add something on your Sure, I'll add a bit. I mean, I love Kenyon Drake, so I'm not going to talk down Kenyon Drake even slightly. Um, he's one of my favorite players this year, especially in redraft formats. Um, for me, it was just a matter of, like, um, I don't know. I felt like I after the NFL draft, like, because, again, I had Daryl Henderson, Ronald Jones, and Damian Williams going into the NFL draft, so it was, like, absolute nightmare situation. Yep. Um, so like after the NFL draft, like at that point, like for 2020, I'm going into a gunfight with like, not even a knife, but like some like paper straws. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, since that time, obviously I've had a few different trades. Like I traded Parker away to stole for a bunch of picks and, um, and I've really been looking for avenues to get younger, um, uh, because you know, I don't think 2020 is the year. So especially after I got Clyde, it was like, okay, there's like a future building block. And I've got Cooper, who I think is a, a you know, a long-term stud piece. And then I was like, all right, well, what else? You know, so Drake, I love him, but he's not, you know, if my team is looking two, three years down the road, I don't really want Kenyon Drake's 28 and 29-year-old fantasy seasons to be something I'm relying on to win me a championship. Um, so, you know, with this, now it gives me sort of, you know, I always think you probably need like four studs to win. So I think like Clyde's one, I think Cooper's two. And then the hope is, is that out of whoever I get with Maddie's first round pick this year, which, you know, he's also kind of in tank mode. So I think that's probably going to be, you know, either a Lawrence or a Lance or a Fields or a Hubbard or, or an Etienne. ETN. Yeah. Um, you know, and then... And then I look at, okay, so then I got all these sort of lottery tickets. Like, we got Vaughn, we got Rieger, we got Metcalf, and, like, all right, hopefully one or two of those guys becomes, like, a top-flight guy. I don't know which one it's going to be. I like Vaughn a lot. Um, you know, I, I think more than most I have him above Acres, which is not, like, a very common opinion, I don't think. I think a lot of people think that it's still Ronald Jones's job, and I don't disagree, but I think you can ignore... Um what Brady likes to do in an offense and that's have a designated guy that he's going to throw to and a designated guy that's going to run the ball. And Rojo is not a clean pass catcher. No, so bad. maybe Vaughn can be, and they'll work that out or all the, I don't even know what his name is. Oh, De 
Oh, Dari Ogumbawale? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The one that people are trying to yeah, add in as, like, you care. know, top-tier running backs. Like, may- maybe the truthers will be right, and he's the pass-catching guy, like no. people kept saying last year. But, it, you know, Brady has Brady tendencies, and you can't ignore that. So I mean, I it's think just people the whole are, team, right? Like, it's a, it's a good offense. It's a good team. That got better. So I want the running back on that team. Yeah. And, like, Brady loves throwing to running backs. Bruce Arians loves throwing to running backs. And Bruce Arians has said on many occasions that like he does not like having the runner and the pass catcher. He doesn't like the idea that when you line up, everyone knows what the play call is based on who's in the backfield. He likes having a guy that can do both. And Ronald Jones has proven in two years to be a really bad pass catcher. Yeah, like even horrendous. Force fed. Even when force fed. Yeah. Remember that stretch of games that he had where everyone was like, oh, "It's it's happening." They 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 gave him like seven catches, and he had really good games. Right. And then I traded him away for like yeah. a top tier guy. Hey, and I have Ronald see, Jones. So if it works you, out, it works out. But. but you can see that it's not a strength. And Arians benched him for a shitty running back in Peyton right. Barber He's and Adumba Wale. And yeah, Adumba Wale caught like fifty passes last year. Yeah, because insane. he got. Uh, Rojo got sat for blocking assignment problems, right? And probably being shitty as a football. And player. And that was the problem, right? Like last year, it was like, okay, well, well it was, a pass it was like it was like Peyton player. Barber's just horrific. Like he can't yeah. find a hole to Awful. save his life. He's the worst Awful. running back in the NFL last year by like any metric. Um, oh, like if you look at the PFF grades, it's like running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. Gap. Peyton Barber, <laughs> like he was How so close far in last. Le'Veon Bell to that because he was fucking bad. He was pretty brutal. Like Peyton Barber averaged three point one yards a carry last year. Gross. That's disgusting, yeah. right? And then it's like, okay, well, not against stacked boxes because they knew they had no. to throw. And it was like a Goomba Wale could only was only out there to catch passes, so he's not the answer. Like Ronald Jones couldn't stay on the field because he couldn't pass protect. Like the opportunity is there for Keyshawn Vaughn. He was a really yep. good pass catching back in college, and like. The upside is the upside's huge. Like if, if he just gets the job, and I don't know if that's like my expectation, especially not in year one, but if it happened, he has like top ten upside. So yeah. I yeah. I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot and I like Metcalf and so who knows? I hope that in a couple of years it comes together. I'm not crazy about Rieger. He's available, by the way. If like anyone if the per- people seem to like Rieger more than rugs. I don't know who has rugs in this league. Oh, it's Brad. Never mind, he likes rugs. But um he likes Rieger, too. Well, Brad, if you want to trade me rugs for Rieger, I'll do that. Austin, if you want to like add a little bit to Pittman for Rieger, I'll do that. Um, like, Live breaking trade <laughs> negotiations. Yeah, like, I'm not the biggest Rieger guy, but it could happen. You know, he yeah. has the opportunity, so. 100%. Like, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's why the deal, that's a, a, an example, everybody, about a deal that works. And everyone thinks that oh, it's the big name. You can't trade him. You can. It's possible. It does work out. You don't got to be scared. It can go you know, to either side, and, and it's completely understandable. Now, again, Drake could do nothing after this, and I could be literally banking on my running backs being, you know, one-year wonders considering my pick uh, my pick depth isn't great because of what I had to give up to get my favorite guys. But when you say, like, you feel like you need four guys, I think that I've got five to six. Yeah. So I think that that's why I went from possibly trading Derrick Henry and resetting a little bit or you came to me with this trade when I was talking to you about that Henry trade, and we worked this out, which seems to happen a lot, actually, so sorry, everybody. Uh, but to walk away with Kyler, Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, and Mark Andrews as my top flight, all I really need, in my opinion, is for Sam Darnold not to shit the bed. Right. 
and I think I'm in a good position. Good luck with that, by the I way. I could also be pan- I always like, love having my team tied to Adam Gase. That's what you want. Right. Well, I think Adam Gase makes it like four games before <laughs> New York riots. Um, but also, uh, with that, I think... I don't think we really need to talk anymore about that. I think we, I think we hit the trades pretty good. Took us an hour, but we got there. You know what I mean? We got there. Like, you we know, got there. You guys have It's been had, a while, guys. Yeah, it's going to Enjoy stay. the content. 100%. And I'm sorry about that. As everyone knows, uh, in the league anyway... I am preparing to launch uh, my own uh, full-time podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, which is coming along very well. I took the time to build a nice little setup here, which uh, should be helping everyone get a better quality, and it's better for all of us. And I just needed a little bit of a break. So the break is over. We're back. We're coming at it. I'm going to you know, keep working my best to keep this as a regular thing. We're going to get back to team breakdowns, and, and probably not going to be as much content with my own pod, which everyone here should be listening to, or I will dislike you forever. Once that starts going, this will probably slow down a little bit till the year starts. And once the football season starts, there'll be a lot more to get through. There's only so many of the same guys we can talk about. Yeah. Little limited. Uh, we're going to come back with a little bit of a part two scenario. So we're not getting a three hour uh, listening event at a time. So we're going to hit pause here. We're going to get a little bit of an ad and then we are going to come right back with what do you want to start with? Do you want to do rankings, ADPs, or breakdowns? What do you want to do? Whatever you want. This is your this is your show. I'm just I'm just living on it. We are going. <laughs> we're going to do rankings. All right, let's do. We're rankings. going to judge you for your football knowledge, and if you're wrong or off, we're all <laughs> going to call you dumb in the great in, in the perfect chat. Exactly, that's our world these days. We're going anyway. to com- <laughs> we're going to compare you to the UDK, the Ultimate Draft Kit uh, by the Fantasy Footballers. Uh, no sponsor. And huh. we're also going to compare you to the people I like a little bit less than those guys, which is the Dynasty Nerds. Uh, also, no sponsor. And um, we are going to do that. So as I said, we're going to take a little break and we're going to be right back. Hi there. Do you have a hobby that you like to talk to about a lot that nobody else really wants to? Like maybe you play Dungeons and Dragons and people are like, whoa, that's super nerdy and you feel enclosed and you can't talk about it. Well, come sit down with me. Tom Tipple, other, otherwise known as David London, and you can come and talk to me about that hobby. You want to talk Harry Potter? You want to talk comics? Do you want to talk sports? Is there a moment in sports that you just can't seem to get out of your mind? Well, if you want to have a friendly and open conversation about these things, about these hobbies that you love dearly, come in to the hobby shop. You can come sit down right across from me. We can talk about it. You can call me. We can talk about it there. Either way, your hobby and your passion deserve airtime and i'm here to give it to you you can join me on the hobby shop when it debuts in the next couple of weeks and come and have yourself a great time enjoy your fantasy football also a hobby and we are back we're back here live at the crib live at the spot for part two of this episode of the friday night lights fantasy podcast we are talking rankings up first we are going to judge cobb on his rankings we are going to judge him based off the Ultimate Draft Kit and Dynasty Nerds. We're going to see where he has guys to where kind of other people within the business themselves have him, where we would feel comfortable drafting him, etc., etc. We are going to hit on some of the big guys. We are going to take some of the lesser known guys. I know we did a lot on Cream Hunt. We're hopefully not going to spend four to five minutes on each one. We both do have things to do. But we are going to give you enough to really sink your teeth into how different rankings can be. Because from what I've gone through in the preview here, getting ready for this, it's substantial. Some of these rankings are way out there to some some of us. 
some of the rankings aren't high enough, low enough. It can go anyway. So I want to start with someone that we both somewhat agree on, but everyone else disagrees on him. We're going to start with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been a oh hot, hot button topic for the two of us. <laughs> we have gone back and forth on this with other people. We kind of agree with each other more than than uh, than some of the high ranking, some of the professionals, some of the ADPs, whatever. So I want you to guess Juju Smith-Schuster's overall and then position ranking. Overall, oh man, I don't even. I've never even looked at an overall ranking in my life. I want to see a wild guess. Okay, this is dynasty, right? Dynasty rankings. Is this wait? Is this super? Is this um, footballers or is this drafters? Because I know that Andy is out there with me, dragging down Juju. Fantasy pros first on this one. Fantasy pros, the ADP. Fantasy pros ranking. Then I'll do dynasty nerds. Then okay, I'm only using. Okay. Uh, Dynasty, or sorry, I'm only using Fantasy Pros on this one sure. because okay. those guys that the Fantasy Footballers have it so often different. Right. That's because of that Andy. Are, like I Mike know. and Jason love him, but Andy and I are of the same mind on yeah, Juju. So. For sure. So uh, I'm using this okay. one as like a third party uh, emergency okay, resource. Okay. So where do you think he is? On I'm going to guess overall. This is not Superflex, right? No, it is not. Okay. So I'm going to guess on Fantasy Pros. For the record, I think that this is a ridiculously bad rank and i would never ever take him there but i am going to guess that he is like 18 overall you're you're crazy close it's 13 it's even higher yeah oh my fuck juju smith schuster is the 13th overall so if he's 13th overall is he what like the sixth highest receiver he is the seventh highest receiver that actually makes me want to die okay (laughs) Hurts your soul. Do you want to know where I have him? Where do you have him? Uh, I have him 19th receiver. Oh, wow. So he's like in your deep 70s? Yeah, I have him. No, not in the 70s. He's he's my 19th receiver. So I probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, here's a list of everyone I have, or guys that I have above Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I would rather have AJ Brown by a mile, Um, I would rather have Allen Robinson by a mile. Here's some of the more controversial ones. I would rather have Calvin Ridley than Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd rather have Cooper Cup than Juju Smith-Schuster. Also not very controversial. I would rather have Cortland Sutton than Juju Smith-Schuster. That one I disagree on. I would rather have Stefan Diggs than Juju Smith-Schuster. And this one might even be the most controversial. I would rather take Jerry Judy than Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. Wow. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is just like actually bad. Like, I like think a bad route runner, bad player. So I think that okay, I think Juju it, Cup is actually a really good comparison um, to Juju, um, and I think I view them similarly. Like I have them pretty close in rankings. So Juju is an excellent zone reader. Um, coming in from the slot, he's a guy that gets open. He's really fun after the catch. You look at his most successful season. Um, there was a lot of things going on that I think really benefited him. First of all, Big Ben threw 676 passes that season. That is insane. Easily um, one of the top three. Like, to put that into perspective, like, most teams are throwing about 550, 560 passes, right? So, with Juju having a pretty high target share, that's like saying he gets an extra 30 targets 
just based on them passing so much, that's an extra two targets a game. And his high was like 160 targets or something, right? right? Or 140. So, so like an extra two targets a game just based purely on out-of-the-norm volume. So consider that right off the top, right? And then, you know, from that, he was playing on a team that had um, Antonio Brown, right, who was at the time considered the best wide receiver in the NFL, who's constantly getting bracketed, who's always getting the team's best corner. And so teams are game planning to stop Antonio Brown. That leaves Juju in a situation where he's constantly running out of the slot. He's always facing off coverage. He's rarely ever facing team's best corners. And he's able to really take advantage of a really beneficial situation. Now, I'm, I'm going to give him credit for that, right? Like, there's a lot of receivers that have played next to other great receivers and not put up, like, 1,300 yards. Um, you know, Juju did. I'm not going to take that away from him. But, you know, for anyone that's familiar with Matt Harmon's reception perception, um, the highest percentile that Juju has ever had in his entire career in the NFL, which is only three years, but in his three years in the NFL, the highest percentage he's ever had for success rate versus coverage versus press man coverage is 12th percentile. That's brutal. 12th percentile. Brutal. That's So he's, he's just legitimately bad at actually separating off of press man coverage. He never saw any press man coverage that year. I thought going into last year, I didn't draft Juju anywhere because I thought once he was the number one guy, once he would be asked to work on the outside, he's going to really struggle because that's not his game. We saw that with Jarvis Landry, where Landry went from slot guy in Miami to has to face being the number one guy in Cleveland. He was really inefficient. And then Beckham came. He was really great last year because he could be the number two again. And that was Landry's worst season, I think. Yeah, it was his worst season when he when he was the number one guy. Yeah, We saw Cup last year. He starts off the year. They play constant 11 personnel. He was incredible. They have Cooked on the outside, Woods on the outside, he's inside. Yep. Then they go to that 12 personnel offense. He put Cup on the outside. He also has a really terrible success rate versus press man coverage. And now he's got to win on the outside. He was like pretty bad. Fantasy-wise, he was fine because he somehow caught a touchdown every game. Yeah. But like it was pretty lucky, right? Yeah. Like I he had was, him, trust me. Right. I understand. But like how many like five catches for 40 yards at a touchdown game did Too he have? Many. If you took away those touchdowns, he would have been really average. Yep. So I, I just think, think with like Juju... Receiver- 29 without those yeah or something when i looked it was something stupid so with juju i just don't see him as an alpha dog i i think like you know deontay johnson was just straight up better than him last year they brought in chase claypool um they still have james washington who flashed last year i don't think that ben is going to be necessarily as good as we fondly remembered him he wasn't even really that great two years ago he just threw the ball 680 times so i don't know i, I haven't projected out the steelers yet but I don't think Juju is some can't-miss prospect. Um, you know, he was a second-rounder, so this is going into his fourth year. That's a contract year for him. If he doesn't prove it this year, then I don't even know that he gets re-signed. I don't know that he gets a big contract. So I'm well, not a big... Even, the team has even said, yeah, we're not necessarily handing him an extension even if he does well. So to me, like, Juju is a really, really great slot receiver, and I have him in the area of other good slot receivers. Um, I, to me, he's not in the DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, um, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans category who have done it uh, and proven right. it as an X receiver. So it could happen, but I'm not a juju guy. For for a little bit of an example, the consensus at the UDK, the fantasy footballers, is 23 overall player, which 
Yeah, a little I more mean, reasonable to yeah. me. That's because yeah. somebody has them ranked 28. So like you said, they're really driving it driving it down. Um, the Dynasty PPR rankings at Dynasty Nerds. Let's see where they have him. I think they have him outrageously high somewhere. I'm just looking it up right now. Looking it up. Oh, they moved him to 23 as well. So overall, mm. he's falling. That's way yeah. different than when startups were happening, uh, you know, a couple months ago. Right. This is way different at, uh, at at 23, 23, you know, 19. I've seen them in spots too. So it's definitely something that's people are coming around to it now. People are getting scared off of them. And an ADP seems to be rapidly falling. Like we did a um, we did a redraft uh, league. And he went, now it was only an 18 league, so take that for what it's worth. But he went in like the fifth round, which is like pick like 35 to 40 yep. range. Yep. So. He's um, getting third round for a full 12 team mm-hmm. draft, you know, like third, fourth round where he's getting picked now. Instead of the second, I saw him in first rounds and I was right. like, what is going People on? were taking him 1.1 last year. That's whoever that was doesn't deserve to play fantasy football. I talked anymore. to two people that I'm in leagues with, um, Austin and Lindsay, that said they thought Juju Smith-Schuster like should be or could be the 1.01 last year overall pick. Yeah, like Did they number not know one that I had that overall. Pick? Or no, I had the two. Like they they thought like I don't know if like they necessarily would have taken there. Like Lindsay said for sure that he saw him as the 1.01 last year, and Austin I remember talking to him. He was like, I'm considering them. Like he was in that mix. That's crazy. He was, he was, ne- he was never there for me. me, but he was no. never there for me. But, um, I mean, his ADP has fallen to a point where I actually drafted him in one league. Me too. I did so, the one too. Yeah. I took him in like, it was like the late third. And I was like, well, like, I mean, and there were guys I had ranked ahead of him still on the board, but I was like, everybody else likes him more. So I'm going to take one juju shot. Why not? But, and then maybe trade him to exactly, yeah. someone who's a truther. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's juju. Who you got next? Okay. So someone a little more little more uh, popular, a little more common, but there's still some kind of iffy question marks behind him, is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. was expected to have this big blow-up season. People who love him still think he's going to have a really big season. I have Mulata's, like, I'd rather him be my second or third wide receiver on my team. Mm-hmm. I don't even want him as a true one. Uh, I More... Not famously, but, you know, I, I I talk about trading him away straight up for DJ Moore. Yeah. You know, that's where I think he is. He's in that. He's not in that upper elite guy, but he's still being drafted there. So overall at Dynasty Nerds, they have him as the 12th best player. Overall? Odell, this is? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. That's not where he's being drafted. I- Rank 12. Okay, that's not where he's being drafted. Because I, I own like a decent amount of Odell, and I don't have him anywhere near that. But, um, wow, okay. Um, so that's on Dynasty Nerds. Okay. So we're going to pop over, and we're going to go have a look at the UDK, the fantasy okay. footballers. A little more reasonable. Uh, looks to be 22. Hmm. That's reasonable. Probably about where I have him. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, I'm okay with him there overall. So, uh, what's your Odell Beckham Jr. ranking? Where do well, you like have I him? said, I don't really do overalls. I have him wide receiver ten, um, and so that's probably in the same realm as twenty two overall. Like if I'm looking at it really quickly, 11. there are there are yeah. for me there's thirteen running backs. I think I would take over him, and two quarterbacks. So that's fifteen, nine. Okay, I have him twenty six um, overall. 
and, and he's my 10th wide receiver. So you're right around there. So I'm around there. I, I don't mind Beckham. I mean, I don't know. I'm of two minds, right? Like, the talent is huge. I don't think he just went from being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL to sucking overnight. He played the entire last year seemingly with a hip injury. And I actually think this is one interesting nugget. So I'm going to go back to Matt Harmon again because I really like the reception perception. His worst routes last year for success rate, and they've never been his worst routes over the course of his career, were um, curl routes and then those little out routes to the corner, right? Those are probably the two routes where there's the most hip torque in a really short period of time where you're torquing your, almost your whole body around running that little dig. So I find that interesting, right, that a guy who's playing with a hip injury um, where he's struggling the most is on routes where he's really using that part of his body. And so that gives me a sign of encouragement, where if he gets that hip right, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's better. Because what I want to see when I'm looking at last year is like how much of it was his talent has declined, how much of it was the situation's really bad, and how much of it was, um, you know, he was just hurt. Yep. And, you know, I think the situation, it's partially better, it's partially worse. Like, the coaching has gotten better, but it's still a pretty crowded house. It's even more so with Hooper there. Um, so I, I, don't, I think it's going to be really hard for him to get back to that top five level. But I'm willing to say that a decent amount of it was injury. He also just got, like, unlucky, right? Like, he had, like... Big time. He had, like, 130 targets and caught three touchdowns. That's not going to happen I again. I think it's because Baker sucks, but everyone right. knows, knows that. But Landry had, like, eight touchdowns. Like, you're, like, that's just unlucky that Landry has, like, three times as many touchdowns. He didn't have three times as many red zone targets. So I'm sure the touchdowns will balance out. And, if you know, last year he was wide receiver 26. I'm sure if he went from, like, three touchdowns to six even, he probably moves up into the top 20 because um, that's fantasy's a fickle beast. So I don't know. I think he's like, I don't know if he's a buy or a sell. To me, he's kind of like a hold. Like I'm not, I'm not an Odell Beckham truther, but I'm not out on him the way I was out on Juju. Yeah, I think uh, I think his upside and they improved the offensive line and maybe it wasn't Baker, maybe it was Kitchens. He he's two years I think away from like his big booming seasons in New York. I think that was two years ago maybe three, where he had, like, real impactful seasons in New York. So I think people might be holding on to him, and it's a gamble. Right. It's all in your thoughts. And he like, might, okay, his body might just back. be breaking apart. 100%. Yeah. So he could be like, okay, he's going to bounce back because he's the elite guy or his time is over. Like, I see it really two, could go either way. I see two outcomes. Like, one of them, remember the really terrible season Hopkins had? Yeah. Right? Like, Hopkins went from, like, one of the, easily one of the best five wide receivers in the NFL he had the one year where he was horrible, and then the next year he was right back to being, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And then the other one is Des Bryant, where he was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and then his body decided it's just not going to happen anymore, and he was absolutely never the same. And I don't know which one it's going to be. I feel like it's not going to be in between, but I've almost just ranked him in between because I'm right. sort of hedging, Yep. you know? I think he's one of the few players that people, are again, are either in or they're out. I don't think there's a lot of you know, in-betweeners like we mm-hmm. are. Like, people either taking him because they think, oh, my God, he's available at this spot, or people are like, that's way too high. Like, there's no right. one that's like, I think I'm going to get him in, like, two rounds from now. And that's kind of what I think it is. Like, I, I kind of think it is going to be, like, one or the other. And I, I don't necessarily have him ranked where I think he'll finish. Like, I think he probably is pretty boomer bust. But to me, it's just, like, there's certain guys where, like, yeah, like, if Odell Beckham hits big... He'll be better than certain guys I have ranked above him. 
but there's just there, there's a certain point where I'm willing to risk it, and there's a certain point where I'm not. Like Beckham's ceiling is higher than I think the ceiling of Mari Cooper and Kenny Galladay and those people. But like, I feel like very that. safe that like those guys will will be at least like ninety percent of Odell Beckham's ceiling. Whereas like Odell Beckham could just disintegrate into dust. Yeah, he, he's got he's got a significantly lower floor than the guys you just mentioned right. for sure. And I think that that's what's doing it for people when it comes to Odell Beckham. And I'm the same way. I've traded him away. I've drafted him. I've acquired him. I've played varying. I think I paid a late first round pick in this mm-hmm. year's rookie draft form in one league. I think I've traded him away for the same thing. I've traded him away for more. Like mm-hmm. it's people are again. It's it's often people are all over the place with him. I'm happy to be in between because eventually, sometimes you're going to catch the guy that has him that doesn't value him, and sometimes you're going to catch the guy that wants him and values him too high. Mm-hmm. And I like being there to be the guy that benefits. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk some running backs. I want to know who you think. Maybe not even just what your actual rank is on, but who do you think here is ranked highest? I'm just going to rattle them off. Miles Sanders. Okay. Clyde Abrazelaire. Okay. Aaron Jones. Kenyon Drake. Joe Mixon. Who's ranked highest? Okay. Can you be, so Clyde Sanders, Drake Mixon. So the four. And J- Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. Okay. And I'm guessing on which platform here? This is UDK. UDK in Dynasty. Hey. I'm going to guess that I'll try. I'll try and guess them in order, and then I'll give you the order I have them afterwards. But uh, okay, my guess for the order is I'm going to guess that Mixon's the highest. Then I'm going to guess Clyde. Then I'm going to guess Sanders. Then Jones. Then Drake. Flip around Sanders and Alaire, and you got it. They have Sanders above Alaire. Yes, they do by one spot. Okay. Yeah, uh, Miles Sanders is ranked RB nine, too high. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is number 10. That's so low. Yeah. So my, my list, I have... Like, Mixon, 7. Same. That's okay. exactly the spot I have yep. him in. Mixon, 7. Yeah. Sanders, 9. Okay. Alaire, 10. Jones, 14. And Drake, 15. Okay. So the only one I'm really different than them, like, substantially, is Clyde. I have Clyde at 6. Um, I have Mixon, 7. Exact same. I have Sanders at 10. So close, but just one spot lower. Um, I have Drake actually fourth at 13, and I have Jones fifth at 15. I think the the people who have Aaron Jones were so hopeful that he was going to be the guy there. Mm-hmm. That he was just like, unleash Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones. And they not only did they not do that during the season, well, they, added they the spent stupidest. decent capital <laughs> on a touchdown running back. Yeah. Who I was like, he's going to get drafted before the fifth. And people were like, no, he's yeah. not. No, they're he's like, not. How about the second? He's not, he's <laughs> not even going to get drafted. A lot of people were telling me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he gets drafted that friggin' high. So I think people looking at these rankings, you might be able to get a guy tilting at the start of the year for Aaron Jones in a, re- in a, in a startup. Take advantage of that. If somebody really wants him, mm-hmm. take advantage of it because he's on a contract year. Yeah. He's... What turning twenty five this year? Something he like is that. twenty. He's turning twenty six. Oh, okay. He's twenty five point five years old. Okay. So he's turning twenty six. He's on a contract year, and he's on a team where the coach just really doesn't care about him. So, right. To me, like, and it's nothing even about he's a Aaron. Sell for me. He's a big sell for me, and to me, it's nothing about Aaron Jones the player. I actually really like Aaron Jones the player. He's got a three down skill set. I thought he was excellent coming out of college. Every time I've seen him on the field at, in Green Bay, I'm like, man, that guy's great. Why do they keep putting this Jamal Williams clown out on the field? But, like, at a certain point, you know, like, the like the Green Bay coaching, Matt LaFleur is on my don't trust list. Like, 
there's certain coaches where like <laughs> I I just want to avoid them because I hate them and I hate the pain yeah. that they would try to yeah. cause me. Patricia. And like maybe it's just coaches named Matt. So yeah. <laughs> um, like like I don't like the mats. I don't trust the mats. Yeah. Um, and to me, like I mean, frick, right? Like we talked about the the tag team before, right? Henry and Drake. Yep. You know, Aaron Jones is also a contract year running back. And which contract you're running back would I rather have? Like, Derrick Henry, okay, he's not going to get a lot of pass work, but he's going to get, like, 98% of the carries. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry, that is. You know, Kenyon Drake, um, he's going to get, like, maybe he's not uh, not going to be, you know, every carry, but he's probably getting, like, 75% of the work, at least, totally um, in Easily. Arizona, yep. right? And he's going to be involved in the running and the passing. Aaron Jones, like... I don't know. Like it's like a three-man committee. Like does Jamal Williams just completely go away? I don't no. really think so. No. Are they going to spend a second-round pick on AJ Dillon and then never use him? I doubt that. So like I've I've projected Aaron Jones um, in redraft because um, I've, I've only done the NFC. Like I said, I actually have Aaron Jones projected. No, I wouldn't do this in Dynasty. I actually have Aaron Jones projected lower than Todd Gurley in in redraft wow. formats. Interesting. Um, and you wouldn't do that for Gurley. In, like in, in Dynasty? No, I'd rather have Aaron Jones than Gurley in Dynasty because I, I want I want the running back with knees that aren't arthritic. But like from a strictly season sense. perspective, like I like I don't know, I just I couldn't help but I'm splitting that work up three ways. Like I have Aaron Jones seeing about sixty to sixty five percent of the rushes, about sixty to sixty five percent of the receiving work on an offense that I think people think is better than it is. Oh, big time. They had a fluff schedule. Everything broke like, the right way. That offense is just kind of yeah. gross. Like, Rodgers is, like, real average right now. They don't have any receivers other than Adams. They don't Brian have a reliable tight end. Back season. They lost Brian Bulaga. Um, yeah. Like, ugh. Like, I just don't want that. I don't want, like, a running back who's, yeah, to me, is just not an RB1. He's, like, a mid-tier RB2 who's going to be seeing... You know, portions One of the upside. work. I mean, he does. Obviously, you can't say he doesn't. Cause he has the upside, year, but yeah. I, I think, like, to me, like, I see him closer to Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson this year. Now, I, I have him higher in Dynasty because I think he's more talented than those guys. There's so a better I think opportunity. It, so I think, like, it's it's more likely that he could actually get a nice contract, um, you know, and maybe have a coach that isn't stupid. But... Uh, like to me, I like all of those other guys you mentioned better. I think they're equally as talented and they're in much better situations. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. Now, I traded for Melvin Gordon uh, in the legal record. Mm-hmm. Traded trade with me? Yes, I did. Uh, because he needed, I needed him to be an RB two, which mm-hmm. I think he'll get the opportunity to do in Denver. Where do you think uh, these guys have him ranked right now? Because you haven't seen the which, UDK. Which one? This is the UDK? UDK. This is Dynasty? Dynasty it UDK? It is Dynasty. These are all Dynasty rankings that I'm throwing out. Um, okay. Well, hmm. Okay, I think I'm like very average on Gordon. I don't think I'm high or very low. So I'll probably try to throw out something that's like similar to how I feel about him. And maybe I'll find out that I'm too high or too low. Um, I'm going to say I'm probably a little higher on the rookies than they are. So I'm going to say that he's at 18. 17. Okay, then he is. He's, he's a. Who do you think he's above? Who do I think he's above? Yeah. So I have so first of all, like I have pretty much all the rookies ahead of him, and that's why I assume that You're he was way higher. Off then. No, like that's that's why I assume that he's higher for 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 them because I assume that they don't who have. Do you, who do you think is higher? Okay, Dobbins or Gordon? Well, if he's at seventeen, I'm assuming they have Gordon higher. I have Dobbins higher. Other way around, you mean? 
No, I, I have Dobbins higher than Gordon. Okay. But if they have Gordon at 17, I'm assuming they have Gordon higher than Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, 13. That is ludicrous to me. Okay. He's Holy a, who do, who, shit. Who do you think's ranked higher? J.K. Dobbins, Kenyon Drake? Um. Well, obviously, it's you told me Drake's ranking. I was trying, so, to, I was trying to screw with you there. So I guess it's Dobbins. It. I think that is literally insane. Okay. Uh, Dobbins, Montgomery. Oh, well, it has to be Dobbins, right? Okay. I'm just, I'm just making okay. sure you're with okay. me here. Making sure you're with me. Okay, okay. Uh, Swift or Montgomery? I really, really hope Swift. Okay, Carson Montgomery. Oh, God, that's really tight. They're actually back-to-back in my rankings. Um, I'll say what I have, which is I have Carson one spot higher. Montgomery's higher. Mm. Lev Bell, Leonard Fournette. Jesus, I'd rather just die than own either of them. <laughs> Um, if I have Fournette higher, and I hate Fournette, so I guess I'm assuming Fournette's higher. He is. Keyshawn Vaughn, Chris Carson. Um, I have Vaughn significantly higher. Um, whether or not they do, I don't know. I'll say they do. I'll say Vaughn. Nope. Chris Carson. How low, where do they have Vaughn? I'm probably insanely off 25. on Vaughn then. Okay, I have Vaughn up at 19. Interesting. Yeah, their nineteen is Cam Akers. I have Akers at twenty, so I have I have Vaughn so just yeah, one you, slot. So yeah, you kind of bunch those rookies up significantly higher than these guys, well, which I, I, understand. Think, I understand. I think there's that. like a huge drop off in the so like there's the big five to me. That's like the clear tier, right? McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, Kamara. Then hard to argue. Then to me, like the next tier is, um, you know, Hilaire, Mixon, Jacobs, Taylor, Sanders, Chubb. Those are like the young guys with a lot of upside to get to that tier. Then I have the tag team, which is Henry and Drake. <laughs> I'm just going to call them that from now on. And then like I have the other guys where it's like, I don't have them as RB1s, but I could totally see how they could be, which is Eckler and Aaron Jones. And then to me, the running backs really drop off in Dynasty. So then I end up with this bunch of rookies. Like I have Swift at 16. I have Dobbins at 17, I have Vaughn at 19, and I have Akers at 20. Um, because to me, there's like a really, and I don't, the thing is, like, I actually do see more of a difference between those rookies than it seems. Yeah. It's just like the gap between Drake, Eckler, and Jones. So I have 13, 14, 15. And then I do have Gurley in the middle at 18. But like then from like the Gordon, Fournette, Carson, Montgomery, Singletary. Gross. Like all those guys make me want to just like kill myself. So to me, like, <laughs> I don't think that any, like, it would absolutely shock me if any of Gordon, Fournette, Carson, Montgomery, Singletary, Connor, David Johnson, or Le'Veon Bell, which is like that next year. I don't think any of them will ever be a top 10 running back again. That's fair. So I would rather take the shot on Vaughn or Akers than get a running back who I'm just hoping will be a mid-range RB2. Like, I don't see the point in that. So that's why I'd rather have those guys. Like, that's why I'd rather have those rookies. You know, whereas the, you know, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, I think absolutely have that upside. I might not love them that much, but they absolutely have that upside. So that's where I have them ahead. But, like, I just, like, in Dynasty, like, I don't know. I don't want to own Le'Veon Bell. Like, like, why? I want to own a 28-year-old running back on one of the worst teams in the NFL. Like, and even if he does finish as, like, the RB15, it's not going to be an enjoyable RB15. Like, it's going to be... I know that for... Right? Like, you traded his ass like to me. Like, every and... week, it's going to... This, this is what you're going to live. Like, do you want this in your life? You tell me. Like, you, do you want 15 carries for 55 yards, 
three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown every fourth week. Like, that is horrible. Like, that's never winning you a week. Like, all you're doing is trying to not lose weeks at that point. And then looking at his career stat right. lines and being like, please come back. Like, do you want to finish fifth in your fantasy league? I don't. Like, I'd rather... <laughs> right? No, but, like, to me, no, it's you're like... Right. you're right. Like, I'd rather... Right. If I, I want to win my fantasy league, and if I don't win, then I want to come in second or third or whatever they give you money for. And if I don't win money, I would rather finish 12th, frankly, yep. and yep. get the number one overall pick. Like, I don't want a bunch of players where I'm just like drafting their ceiling and I'm hoping that they plot along. Like yep. in redraft, it's a totally different story. Like in redraft, I'm all aboard like the David Johnsons and the Melvin Gordons because like, yeah, I want those guys I can stick out there Especially every Especially as like an RB2. Like there's no way you're trading right. for a guy in a dynasty or trading a guy in a dynasty for Le'Veon Bell and having him try to not convince you that he's a top 15 running back. Right, but like... All of them are going to do it and he's not. Yeah, and in, in a dynasty league, like seriously, like... Is, is there going to be one person in, like, the world who, in January, you're, you yeah. talk to on this podcast, and you're like, man, why'd you win your dynasty league? And say, I had David Johnson. Like, no. <laughs> like, no one's yeah. going to be like, I had yeah. Le'Veon Bell, and he won me my dynasty Dude league. carried me. Like, you know, that's not going to happen. Jets won the division. <laughs> right? So, like, four. Do, I, do I think it's, like, plausible or do I think it's actually? I actually think it's probable, probably, that like Le'Veon Bell will prove over time to be, or let's even say, actually, I'll use a better example than Le'Veon Bell because I have him way down at twenty-eight. But like, I think it is probable that Melvin Gordon from here on out will have a better career than Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I think yeah, that's okay, probable. Okay. But I'd still rather own Keyshawn Vaughn in case because like I think I know what Melvin Gordon's ceiling is. Like he's going to be sharing a backfield with Philip Lindsay. Like, he's, like, a, not a super efficient runner. He's probably, like, his ceiling to me is, like, a high-end RB2 or, like, one of those low-end RB1s that never really feels like an RB1. Yeah, okay, okay. Whereas, like, Vaughn, it's like, okay, could he just be horrible? Yeah. But in Dynasty, you have a really freaking deep bench. So, to me, it's like, take shots at guys who might actually be a top-five running back one day. You got to have a little vision. Like, redraft, it's very easy to sit inside of a box, sit inside of a shell, mm-hmm draft your team and walk away in dynasty you got to have vision and i think that's what attracts me to it more now than any redraft or keeper or best ball uh, you need to have vision you need to have some sight you need to be able to look ahead and and have some sort of a, like i had mentioned this uh when i had talked to aj that i had no idea chris godwin's breakout was coming mm-hmm. people apparently had talked about it for a while he's so good he's so good he had flashes i didn't see that but these guys had the foresight, and everyone who drafted Chris Godwin is probably a truther. Mm-hmm. No one just accidentally drafted Chris Godwin in like the you know sixth round yeah. last year. You had to know him, mm-hmm. and whoever did was super happy, obviously. Oh yeah. And right now he's the fifth ranked wide receiver in the UDK. Yeah, fifth. He's, which he's is, exactly fifth for me too. Yeah, it's crazy that yeah. that's how fifth like, for if, me. If in you Dynasty got him, basically, if you got him, you're not letting him go now. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's. You have to be able to look at that in a dynasty and run with it. I think that's what I love about it. So we talked about some running backs. Running backs were high on. Running backs were low on. I want to pry in some wide receiver talk here. Let's do it. Devontae Adams, where do you think he is in the UDK? I'm also uh-huh. just going to mention I'm not going to use uh, Dynasty Nerds because their website okay. is shitty and that's doesn't fair. like to load. Um, so they're gone. I'm going to assume 
Well, I mean, it's going to be like two, three, or four. Um, Dynasty again, I assume. I'll, I'll say he's at three. That's exactly where they have him. Okay, I have him four. Yeah. That's I don't know. too high for me. I have him four. I'm not going to argue with you if you want if you want him at three. Uh, that's high for me. Where, where do you have him then? I have him below Cooper. You have him below Amari Cooper? Six. Yeah, I have him at six. I think that's a little bit crazy, but um, six. Better offense. Better offense, better quarterback. I like, I mean, Better Adam's, division, better division. Adam sees like 12 targets every time he steps on the field. And he, like, yeah. no, I, I, get, I get why people love him, but I'm not one of them. Interesting. Like, I think it's a very clear tier. Like, I, I think Thomas is in his own tier. Um, and then I think like Hopkins, Hill, and Adams and Dynasty are, are a clear tier to themselves. And I wouldn't be mad at you if you put Adams at the top of that tier. I do think, I think below four, I, I think is is a little much for me um like he's my least favorite of those three because i like the chiefs offense and the cardinals offense more but like adams is gonna see 30 percent of the targets you know if i look at the people i have just below adams godwin galladay moore and cooper like they're not gonna see 30 percent of the targets so i i would i want that floor like it's nice knowing that every like adams will never goose you Pretty much, like like if you put I'm him in sure your he lineup did last year, a couple times didn't well, he? when he got like hurt in the first quarter. Fair, uh, yeah, yeah. But like if if Adams is like finishing the game, like he's he's gonna get you like at the least, like he'll get you like five and fifty because he's getting like even last year he averaged like eleven and a half targets a game, so that just provides such a safe floor to me that I I want that like that that makes your wide receiver almost like a running back where you're getting that kind of floor, and so to me he's four and I wouldn't hate him if if you had him higher. Um, I do think the upside's more limited because I don't like the offense as much, whereas I think right. Hopkins and Hill could have more games where they go nuclear. But yep. uh, but I, I like Adams fine. Okay, who do you think is the number two on their ranking? I'm going to guess Tyreek Hill. That's exactly right. Yeah. He's my number one for this year, everybody. I'm saying it now, but forget it if it doesn't happen, okay? So they have him at number two. I'm guessing you have him right around the same area. I have him at three because I'm a Hopkins guy, but I think like I probably have should have Hill at two. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the kind of the somewhat easy guys. The no-brainer, click your brain off. Mm-hmm. If he pops up, he's there. Who do you think's ranked higher, Juju or Odell? Oh, interesting. Um, well, I mean, you know the answer is that I think Odell should be ranked significantly <laughs> higher. Um, I, I, I have faith in Andy Holloway to drag Juju's ranking down low enough that Odell is higher. They're tied. Are they tied? Oh, that's 11. funny. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they have Odell right around where he should be, and they have Juju much higher. But I think Andy has them like, well, do they do the individuals, or does it show that? They do, and I'm looking, and I guess that someone updated it, because Andy's at 9, Jason's at 12, and Mike's 13. That's weird. Okay, that must, either like they haven't updated that or something, because if anyone's listening to the podcast, like Andy is like, Juju should be in the 20s in redraft. So that's weird, because Andy's been like the anti-Juju guy. Um, on the pod. Yep. So I don't know what's going on in Dynasty. but Yeah, that's Dynasty Startup Rankings. I'm looking at it right now. I had to double-check to make sure I wasn't rambling off some nonsense, but guessing they updated it. Okay, who do you think's higher, AJ Brown or Kenny Galladay? Uh, I think it is going to be Kenny Galladay in those smooth routes. Not true. Really? Yeah, AJ Brown ranked one spot higher than Kenny Galladay. Where do they have them? Where do, where do you... Where, where do, do I think have AJ Brown is like? Where do you have? Okay, so I have I have them in the same tier, but I have Galladay closer to the top of the tier. I have Galladay at six, which probably sounds aggressive. 
Because um, he's not there. Um, I have Galladay at six, and I have A.J. Brown at nine. Um, and I really love both of them. A.J. Brown's nine, Galladay's ten. Okay. I mean, that's like the same tier. Like, I, like five, Cooper, to, Cooper five to eleven Evans, for me is a for tier. Them, for them, Cooper and Evans are above A.J. Brown and Kenny Galladay. So I have Cooper ahead of Brown. Um, not I have Cooper in between Galladay and Brown, and I have Evans below both of them. Kenny Galladay is really good, and he did a lot with shitty QBs when Stafford got hurt. Mm-hmm. But he's just not eye-popping to me when I watch him. Like, he's not. And he's on a team that worries me for their offense, so I definitely understand why he's... Really? People don't like the Detroit offense, hey? I love the Detroit offense. It's it's not good for fantasy a lot of times. I think it's going to be great. Stafford, because in one game, you never know when Marvin Jones is going to take four touchdowns away from Galladay. You know Marvin, what I mean, like, I mean, I think, I think the problem is like we look at Marvin Jones back that like we talked about. It's I just think it's like I don't know. You have a lot of good players. I wish their line was better, but Stafford was awesome last year until he got hurt. First year with Bevel, um, it's understandable. I like Daryl Bevel as a coordinator. There, I, I love Galladay. I like Marvin Jones too. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty into Detroit. I, I think like they're going to be fun, and their defense is really bad. So I think they're going to have to score. I, I don't. know. I like Galladay. I mean. It's a little exaggerated because I have like five to eleven to me is like one tier, and I would be kind of okay with any order of them. Like for me, that's Godwin, Galladay, Moore, Cooper, Brown, Beckham, and Evans. Um, Understandable. And so I feel like being like Galladay's at six and Evans is at eleven. I like Galladay so much more than Evans. I don't like I like them pretty similarly. It's just that's where I have them. But like I, I think it's kind of all the same to me. And that makes sense. I mean, if you tear it out like that. You kind of can't. You're kind of nitpicking if you're like, well, I don't want this guy and that guy because yeah. they're separated by seven and a half total right. fantasy points. It's kind of you're kind of nipping it straws. Right. Like if I had Mike Evans and you offered me Kenny Galladay, I would definitely yeah. accept it. But like I wouldn't like I. And if you're like, what would you add to Mike Evans? Get Kenny Galladay? I'd be like maybe like a twenty-one third. Like I wouldn't be adding yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, those those are little things that you add something special right. just to make the owner feel like they won the deal, mm-hmm. just so you can push it through. Which right. is super annoying that you have to do. Yeah. Be confident in a one-for-one one trade, people. It doesn't have to be two-for-two. Two. It doesn't have to be boosted to three-for-two. You can make one-for-one one trades that are totally fine. This is so daring. You don't. Yeah, you don't have to, well, I'll do this in a second. Okay, well, I'll do that if you give me a third. That doesn't have to be the way all the time. You don't have to over-negotiate. It's a good way to kill trade negotiations. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. And I know that I do that sometimes. I know that, I, but that's personal conflict. I understand that that also happens where you maybe really love a guy and you de- do need something a little more enticing. It doesn't have to be all the time. It really doesn't. Trust in a one. Let's bring the one for one trades back. Wow, make I'm one for one trades trade again. For one for one trades because you don't need to have nine pieces in every deal. I know they're fun to kind of work out and break down. And fun that it takes me and Cobb 30 minutes to talk about oh, yeah. them. But bring the one-for-one <laughs> trades back. They're exciting. There we go. Um, let's run through a few more. Do you want to do a couple mid-wide, mid-round wide receivers? I'm going to need to eventually go soon. But Well, who do you think is, is higher, Ridley or Sutton? Um, I think I have them literally back-to-back in my rankings. Yes, I do. Um, I Because I know the footballers seem to not like Cortland Sutton very much, and they seem to really like Ridley, I'm going to guess Ridley. Sutton. So, so they're, they're re- there's like a massive divide. Okay, so this doesn't like make any sense to me. There seems to be like a really big divide between their redraft rankings and their dynasty rankings. Yeah. Because like 
They have Sutton, like, check the redraft. Like, Sutton is, like, really low in their redraft rankings. I think he's, like, 23 or yeah, something like that. But, like, aren't Ridley and Sutton basically the same age? Like, I don't know why. Like, they were the same draft class. Like, why would Ridley be so much higher in redraft? He's a but year then older. Yeah, lower in Dynasty. I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense to me. But. Yeah, I, I honestly don't get it because I know that there's a lot of Ridley, like, truthers. And there are a lot of people that just love him, love him, but... Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with saying Sutton's better than Ridley. I have, I have them literally back-to-back. I have Ridley one spot higher. But to me, it'd be weird that you would have, like, one significantly higher in redraft and then the other significantly higher in dynasty. Like, they're the same. They're both, like, third-year wide receivers. I don't know. Like, I just... It's to me, fair. it's like... I get it. It's yeah. confusing. It is yeah. confusing. So, where would you have DJ Shark? Who's kind of a... Not controversial, but a lot of people will go, well, I like him better in best ball. So, what oh, is yeah. your... What is your your ranking on DJ Shark? Uh, Dynasty, I have him at twenty. That's that's actually they have him at twenty three here. I have him, but again, I have him top of a tier. So I have like twenty to twenty eight as a tier, and he happens to be twenty. But I would accept him anywhere down as low as twenty eight. Who would be twenty eighth in that tier then? Uh, Keenan Allen is twenty eighth. Interesting. Doesn't that seem low for him? It like somehow does. I feel like we're punching Keenan Allen in the face. And yeah. he's, he's just going to come back and be a top 10 it's guy. because they don't like their quarterbacks. And they have, like, I don't know, like, I just... They, Do you think he's a good enough route runner, though, that he can beat the, like, a, like a Julian Edelman, like, consistency, Wes Welker? Like, even yeah. if you hate what's going on around him, you know he's just going to get peppered? I mean, I think he'll be fine, and I'll probably, I mean, I'll definitely have him higher than 28th in redraft. But I don't know, like, I don't like Herbert. I don't love Tyrod. And it's not like he's the only guy. Like, they have Mike Williams there. They have um, Hunter Henry there. They have Austin Eckler as a pass catcher. So it's like, how many times are they going to throw the ball? I think they're going to throw the ball, like, among the least of anyone in the league, probably. Not in that division. I think they are because, like, they're going to play so slow. Tyrod's going to run the ball a lot himself. So that takes a lot of pass plays out of commission. And you really think it's Tyrod's job? I think to start the season, for sure. And I and I think Herbert's just really bad, so I don't like have a lot of faith in him to help out. Like I don't know, I just think like say say they call 550 pass plays. Like I think Tyrod's going to scramble for 50 of those, and then that leaves like 500 left. And then like so I don't know, like Keenan Allen had a 25% target share last year. Like let's even say that continues. Like so that's like that takes him down from 150 targets to 120 targets from a worse quarterback. So how many of those is he going to actually catch? Like 75, 80? Like, yeah, I and then see it's, point. And he's not, never been a touchdown guy. He's never scored more than six touchdowns in his career. So like now we're looking at like a 75 catch for probably a small ball offense. So it's like 75 catches for maybe 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Like it's just kind of That's mediocre. Interesting. Yeah, and I, when you break it down like that, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense when you break it down like that. Like I haven't projected the Chargers, but I feel like I'm going to be lower than consensus on every single Los Angeles Charger. That's I fair. Think. That's fair. Who do you, who do you think is higher, Justin Jefferson or Devonte Parker? Um, that's interesting. Um, hmm. It's a bit of a tricky one, eh? Well, that is tough because it's kind of tough to compare a rookie to a, a vet like that. I. Hmm. I know who I have higher. Um. Who do, you, who do you have higher in a dynasty rank? I have Parker. It's like close-ish, but not that close. I have Parker 25, and I have Jefferson 30. I think I'm really high on Parker. Um, so I'm going to guess that they'll probably have Jefferson higher. Tied at 31. 
Okay, so I'm right around consensus with Jefferson, right. but I'm 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 big on on. That's Parker. funny because I don't know if you remember you and I traded uh, Parker. I traded you Parker for a 110 rookie pick. What league? Oh God, I can't remember what league it was. Foot. Uh, that's uh, oh, foot, yeah. foot Clan. Yeah, foot, yeah, foot yeah. Clan Dynasty, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I traded you uh, right. Parker for 110, and at right. 110. Justin Jefferson is going in a lot of drafts. Yeah. So if you look at it that way and how that actually played out in a live scenario, even though it was way ahead of time right. for us. Yeah, that's, that's like a trade it, right there. It actually kind of works out that way. I just When I read it, I was right. like, wait, we, we did that I'm drafting thing. Parker kind of cool. everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm drafting all of the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. I was drafting the Dolphins before. It was cool. <laughs> that's my, I have, that's wait, my Jacob Sanderson hipster moment. Where's the UDK ranking on, on Tua? Because I... I texted oh, no. Tom my rank on Tua, and he, like, vomited in his mouth. I almost shit myself because it was so high. Why don't you tell everyone what your rank is? I have Tua at Dynasty Quarterback 11. 19. They're yeah, 19. That sounds, like, more that sane. That is more reasonable. That sounds a lot more sane. Yeah. This Russell Wilson ranking is way too gross high. Six. Ugh. Ugh. Blech. Blech. Sorry, I like quarter. I like quarterbacks that throw the ball. Yeah, I like ones that don't go missing for eight weeks of the season and are still ranked number three somehow. That's so gross. They have uh, Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, Prescott. I'll take a guess on on who I have the largest discrepancy between where I have them and where the UDK has them. Okay, hit me. Um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna guess that that Henry Ruggs I have over ten spots higher. You want ten spots higher on rugs? I, okay. I would guess Where that I'm have ten him? spots higher on rugs. Where do you have I have him? him wide receiver twenty nine. Okay, we're gonna take it down. Take I bet they're down. in the forties. Oh my god. Reading some of the names here? Gee, Henry Ruggs, thirty eight. Ah, oh, nine spots. That's Damn. Gross. Slayton. Where do you think Slayton is here? Oh my god, these are nasty. Where do you think Slayton is? Um well I have Slayton high. I'm a Slayton guy. I'm coming around, but where do you think he is? Okay, you know what? I think, um, well, but based on your reaction, I'll just say exactly where I have him, because I think that might be exactly right. I have him at 38. 42. 42. I think okay, that's so low. I'm still high. I actually think that's low for him. Okay, I have Slayton 38. Um, where else do, I think where do you have Mike Williams? I'm at 42. What, you just He's said Slayton 40. was? Okay. I think it's crazy I traded Mike Williams for like a, a first-round pick. Well, what was that? That ago. was 201, right? Yeah. So 201 is, is usually Ruggs or Rieger. I have both of those higher. I have I have Rieger at 40, and I have Ruggs at 29. I mean, yeah, that's, who that's else a good do I deal think looking I'm, back on it now. Who else do I think I'm really high on? Um, who, do you, who do you have hmm. ranked higher? Yep. Hollywood Brown, Michael Gallup. Um, man, you keep asking people are very close to each other. I do have Hollywood Brown by three spots. I have Brown at 34, and I have Gallup at 37. Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cooks. Huh. Cooks is right in between the two of Brown and Gallup. I have him at 36. Nikhil Harry? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to get low. <laughs> Christian Kirk. Well, okay. Wait, those are the two you're comparing? Yep. Oh. <laughs> um, I have Christian Kirk at... Um, let me see here. So this is, this is not close. Although the two numbers that I'm using are the exact same. Oh, boy. I have wow. Christian Kirk at 35, and I have Harry at 53. See, Christian Kirk, 38, and Nikhil Harry, 41 here. Okay. People are giving Nikhil Harry, Harry a mulligan. Harry sucks. <laughs> They're giving him a mulligan because he's hurt. The whole offense was bad, whatever it is. 
I'm willing to take a flyer on him in leagues in late rounds. He can't separate, and he has a he has the worst quarterback in the NFL. They're going to be the worst offense in the NFL. He's not even the number one wide receiver. Hold on. He can't separate from coverage, and he's not a hands catcher. I, I just I don't see like a single redeeming factor about Nikhil Harry. I'll take Stidham over the Chargers quarterbacks. No, I would way rather have Tyrod than Jarrett Stidham. No, I think I think Stidham Stidham's not gonna be bad because he's got Josh McDaniels, so Man, I who else do I I'm trying to figure out who else I have like a take on. They made on. Matt Castle look good. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I have like an aggressive take on. I feel like I'm probably pretty high on Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. What's I have your him, ranking on Michael Pittman? I have him at 39. Oh, yes. Eh, 47. Okay. What about Denzel Mims? Oh, I think I'm kind of low on Mims. I have Mims at wide receiver 46. <laughs> That's bang on where they got him. Oh, really? That's what I was wondering, yeah. Okay, okay. Because he's popping up like uh, Brandon Ayuk, 44. Um, oh, I have him at 45. Wait, they have, they're higher on Ayuk? I'm like the yeah, Ayuk guy. I know. That's why what? when I'm... When I'm, I haven't really, like, okay. I don't use the UDK the same way that other people use the UDK. Huh. I use it as a refreshing tool later to huh. kind of see if I was right in their eyes, I guess, as some sort of a, like, um, what do I call it? Like, right. uh, like a confidence booster yep. or a complete disintegration of what my theory Where, was um, for the year. Want to hear something I think is crazy? Yep. So DJ Shark. Mm-hmm. They have him ranked decently high. Yep. Rookie draft picks, the 108, the 107, yeah. the 109, wouldn't have been traded for Shark straight up. In most right. leagues, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Judy and I Lamb for both sure, ranked one spot higher than Shark. Interesting. Very interesting. So I think the landing spots for the wide receivers, like we talked about in other episodes, really have shit-kicked their rankings for people. I yeah. think it's going to take big years for them to really recover. Yeah. Especially what's crazy is how hyped this season was supposed to be for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think it's proving that... Um, Who's that their the, highest the ranked wide receiver? Because I have over. I have Judy at 18, which I think is aggressive. You had Judy at 18? They have Lamb at 21 and Judy at 21. Okay. I have I have, I have Judy 18. I have Lamb 22. Okay. So interesting. I wanted Where to do they have Bobby Trees? That's the other guy I'm huge on in redraft at least. Who? Bobby Trees. Robert Woods. Oh, Robert Woods. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That, that's pretty good, actually. Call him by his name. All right. That's really fucking good, actually. <laughs> that's really I did not come good. up with that. Credit Davis Maddock. That, uh, he's 26th. Oh, that's, I have him at 26th. Do you want to know who he's tied with? It um, makes you want to throw up. Here's another vomit coming. Okay. Take it. Take a guess. Makes you vomit? Oh, yeah. Makes you want to projectile vomit everywhere. Oh. Um, I don't know. Who do you really One not player like? player I super hate in the league. Who do you not like that would be in that range? He really helped me win a title. Oh, he helped you win a title. Oh, yeah. But you don't because like him. somebody else had him. Oh, um, oh, actually, that's funny because he's literally, so I have Bobby Trees at 26 and right behind him at wide receiver 27, I have Tyler Lockett. (laughs) (laughs) I want no part of him. He's gross. He's as gross as quarterback. I'm right with him. I have Woods and Lockett back to back. That's disgusting. Okay, do we want to hit some tight ends quick? I have some hilarious tight end takes. I want to... Dive a little bit. I didn't go as deep down to running back. I okay. wanted to because there's two I want to yep. ask you about. Okay. Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack. Oh, pass. This, this will surprise <laughs> you. Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack. 
pass. You don't get to pass. <laughs> Can I? Okay, I just want to say for the record, I will. I I would rather draft like, <laughs> a, like a used moist towelette <laughs> than either of them. Um, I don't know. They probably have like, I don't know who they. Maybe they have Jesus. <laughs> I have Michelle higher. I have Michelle higher. They don't. Mac 31, Sony Michelle at 35. I think that's low for Sony. I I have Michelle one spot higher. I have him at 34, and I have Mac at 40. I think he's actually going to get opportunity. I think this is the year because he's had 900 yards and six-plus touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. Yeah. When you look at that as an RB2, generally, you're like, okay, I can live with it. Or Maybe not an RB2, maybe like an RB like a flex spot RB3, but you drafted him to hopefully be an RB1. He had 250 carries and he couldn't hit 1,000 yards. Look at how bad that offense was. Yeah. And I'll I have say him, this. Hey, I have him higher than them. I have him at 34. I have Mac down at 40. Yes. Right. I just think it's a little low. Yeah. Like That's fair. First round grade. He's coming back from a bad knee injury. Not We always expect guys to just bounce back. That's mm-hmm. not always the case. I think it's low on him. Where do they have my boy, Matt Breida? Low. Hey, this might be the biggest disparity then. 49. Okay, well, I want you to guess where I have Matt Breida. 23. Oh, God, no, not that ridiculous. Hey, I've been... I, I, just looking okay. on your I'm trying to read your face there. <laughs> no, I have him at 31. That's not, yeah, that's a big, disc- oh, my God. I have him between but, Hunt and guys. Want to hear some of the guys surrounded by, uh, by your boy here? Mm-hmm. Matt Breida. Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds. Latavius Murray, Boston Scott. That's disgusting. That's Out of gross. all of those people, one of them has the chance to lead a backfield in touches. Whoa, whoa. Did you know that there are people out there that think Chase Edmonds is going to get at least no. 50% of the carries no, in Arizona? Dumb. Okay, you're telling me you'd rather... Who in the world would rather have Antonio Gibson, like who barely even played on the field at Memphis, and who's now one of six running backs at Washington... Like, what? You'd rather have Antonio Gibson than Matt Breida, who has, like, I don't know, somewhere between a 40 and 60% shot of being the lead back? That's crazy. Yep. That's nuts. Yep. Like, like one of Matt Breida and Jordan Howard is going to be an absolute steal. Yeah. Like, I want both. Andrew's really hoping that it's Howard so he can tell us all to go. It might be Howard. Ourselves. Like, and even if it is Howard, I stand by the process on Breida. Like, I, I want Howard, too. I want, like, both of them because I think, like, I think it's going to be a good offense, actually. And... Like, one of them is going to be the lead back. I think it's possible that both are, are, are even helpful. So I have Breed at 31. I have Howard at 38. And I think both are being undervalued right now. So, you mentioned your tight ends. Excuse me. You mentioned your tight ends are hilarious. I think I I agree. they might be ridiculous to some this people. This is going to be funny. All right. Okay. Who, one, two, and three is pretty uniform. As it's expected. Kid, Kittle, then Kelsey, Kelsey then Andrews. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have Andrews in your top three... Lay off the drugs. The yeah. guy's 23, turning 24. He's producing at a elite tight end level, which only happens at 26, yep. 27 usually. Yep. Yep. He's the tight end three. I don't think it's close. Yeah. My, my four and five are normal too, I think. I have Ertz at four. Hit you with that five. I have Waller at five. Way off. Evan Ingram, four. Okay, I have That's Evan. That's crazy. Okay, guess where I have Evan Ingram? 13. No, I have Evan Ingram at 11. Okay. Okay, so I have, I have Ertz, four, Waller, five. A tight end six. I have Hayden Hurst. That's right. <laughs> it's Hayden Hurst season, everybody. It's Hayden. When they drafted him, I was hype last year. I was taking him. I, I 
you know, was taking him everywhere I could. And people were like, no, man, no. I'm like, no, he's going to be good. It may not have happened last year, but it's going to happen so this year. It I might have be two pro- years late. I have a projection on Hayden Hurst. I have him for 102 targets, 71 catches for 768 yards. And seven touchdowns. That's not enough yards after the catch. Um, he's like, an I think, elite athlete. Like, I, I have a lot of faith in Hayden Hurst. Like, he's going to get volume. Like, Austin Hooper was getting so many targets. Muhammad Sanu athletic. was getting so many targets. Yeah. Like, and Dirk Cotter always throws the ball to the tight end. Not afraid so, of Russell Gage. Not um, afraid. No, but I actually think Russell Gage is a bit of a value, too. Like, I just, the Atlanta Falcons will throw the ball. Yeah. Like, a shit ton. That never fails. Like, they will throw the ball 600 times. I'm If there was, like, any team that I'm confident will throw the ball 600 or more times, they would be at the top of the list. Yeah. Julio's not getting 200 targets. Like, he's going to get at least 150, probably. Like, I think I have him, I don't have that projection off the top of my head, but he's, I think I have him around 160 targets. I think I have Ridley around 130. That leaves 300 more. Who's getting them? Like, Todd Gurley is going to get some. The rest of their running backs are an absolute joke. It's a dumpster fire. Like, who? Like, Olamide Zacchaeus? Christian Blake? Like, Laquan Treadwell? Get the fuck out. Like, Russell Gage is going to get, like, 80 targets (laughs) by virtue of being alive. Yeah. And Hayden Hurst is getting 100 targets this year. That's happening. Hell of an That is happening. Like, the Falcons could have just signed Austin Hooper. They could have. Like, there's no... Like, I, I... I don't believe that Austin Hooper was like, get me out of Atlanta con- at all costs. It was the, it was the price. Right. But they, they could only afford to pay him like five and a half or something. But they chose, like, they, they chose to not re-sign Austin Hooper. Instead, they chose to trade a second-round draft pick. Right. Not an offensive line. They didn't get a draft pick. They traded a second-round draft pick. That's what got traded for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, they traded a second-round <laughs> draft pick for Hayden Darst. <laughs> Like no one, oh, Bill like no one in the NFL is trading a second round pick for a tight end that they don't plan to use. Yeah, that's why I was all in on him. Yeah, uh, and I, I have him. He's the most. We're, I want to ask you a couple of these uh, yeah. when we're done here. I know you got to get out of here. Right. I have one more tight end I want to talk he's about too. One though. of my most. He's I think tied for my second most owned player. Yeah, in I my believe it. Leagues, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, he's tied so, for my most owned tight end, and he would be more owned if I wasn't in so many leagues with you. But I, I own him in three of my four best ball leagues. I have seven leagues with Mark Andrews and five right. leagues as Hayden Hurst there you go. starting tight ends. Um, I, I own... I want to ask you... Okay. About, uh, actually, you tell me. Who did you want to talk about? Well, no, I want to talk about my guy. I want to talk about Mike Kosicki. Yeah. I have him in Dynasty at tight end seven. Tied with Fant and Waller. Um, so I have him at... And where is he for them? Uh, Gesicki is 13. Okay, so I have him at tight end seven. I have him ahead of TJ Hawkinson, ahead of Noah Fant. Hawkinson ahead, nine. Fant I have him seven. ahead of Ingram. I have him ahead of Hunter Henry, Hooper, all these guys. I think Mike Isecki is going to be one of the most owned players on championship teams. We've seen now a few years in a row. Every year there's like a young, athletic, late-round tight end that becomes the next year one of the top three tight ends. Three years ago is Zach Ertz. Two years ago is George Kittle. Last year was Mark Andrews. This year, who's it going to be? My pick is, is Mike Kosicki. Um, I loved him coming out of college, especially as a fantasy asset. Now, Mike Kosicki can't block for shit. No. Okay? <laughs> like, he can't block for shit. So, he is on, when he's on the field, he's on the field to catch passes. And I think that I, I state the can't block for shit part 
as honestly not a positive for his real life value, but as a positive for his fantasy value because nobody wants to own the tight end who's getting OJ Howarded last year, yeah. where the offensive yeah. line can't block and now they're keeping an OJ Howard to block so that Jameis Winston can throw a 40 yard interception. No, you don't want that. You no, want the tight end. Patrick instead. Right. You don't want to own Nick Boyle. You want like you want the tight end who's actually, actually in the slot and who's running routes. Yeah. So Mike Isicki to me, uh, uh, like remember Jimmy Graham with the Saints, where he was basically never lining up on the line. Yeah. He was he was like the position said tight end. He was basically a slot receiver. Yeah. He it's like seventy percent of his snaps were at the slot. Yeah. Or something. And that was how Gasicki was used at Penn State. And that was how he was used so effectively. He was basically their number one wide receiver at Penn State on, on that team with uh, with McSorley and Barkley and everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's where he's going to thrive in Miami. And especially it's important, Chan Gailey has always run sort of a spread system. Yeah, we talked um, about it, yeah. And so people are afraid, okay, he might not use the tight end. He's never really used the tight end before because he runs that spread system. He runs Literally some four wide receiver sets. Today. Right, and I've heard that before, and I think you make a good point. But... What he loves to do is sort of the slot wide receiver, like most um, spread folks do. And remember that year he was offensive coordinator for the Jets, and Brandon Marshall was the X receiver. They had Eric Decker playing the big slot role, and big I think Jets offense. and I was a great it was a great year. Decker had like twelve touchdowns. He had over a thousand yards. Um, Mike Isicki, I think, is going to play the Decker role. They've come out and said that he's going to be in the slot. They don't That's have fair. they don't have a lot of wide receivers, right? They have they're going to have hey, according to Sleeper, they have a thirteen year old phenom. <laughs> sure, right? They have Devontae Parker's going to be the X, right? Preston Williams is going to play the flanker. Their slot wide receiver is who? Albert Wilson? No, um, like they didn't draft one. They had I think seventy six picks in the NFL draft. They didn't take a wide receiver at all. So I think that's because they're going to play Gasicki in that slot role. Um, he's going to be out there on a team that's going to pass a lot. I'm a huge Tua believer. So I haven't projected out the Dolphins yet. But if I had right. to guess, I think they're going to throw probably 550, 600 times because they're going to be behind a lot. And so, all right, I'm a big Parker guy. I'll give Parker like 130, 140 targets. Who's second on that team in targets? I don't think it's Preston Williams. I think it's going to be Mike Gasicki. I think he's going to be 120 target tight end this year as a slot receiver i i would not be shocked if when i finish my redraft rankings he is a top five tight end for me um i think he's an athletic freak he's one of the few tight ends where he can run a seam route for 15 yards and take it to the house um and he's also a massive leaper in terms of as an end zone threat i mean you saw last year where how he was being used down the stretch it was incredible. So I think he was a project coming in, but he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. Um, he's in a system that I think will utilize his strengths, and it wouldn't surprise me if he had like 80 catches this year, over 1,000 yards. I think he could be an absolute monster. That's crazy. I want to own him everywhere. You know what's crazy is your reason for why he's going to be good this year is the same argument I made for Mark Andrews potentially having a path to being the number one tight end drafted in Dynasty. Mm -hmm. It's literally the same argument. Just the age thing where you say yeah. he was a project. Most tight ends are. None of them produce. That's why I said Mark Andrews was the guy. Right. But that's a little uh, pounding the table for tight ends. And, I, and I'm all here for it because they're not valued enough, in my opinion. I think that they're horrendously undervalued by people just because they're not the cool position. But if you got that top three, four guy... You're never complaining. I'm starting to sicky in the flex in three money leagues this year, where I took yep. him as my tight end too, and I plan on starting him every week in the flex that because I think he's going to outperform like a lot of wide receiver force. Yeah, to be he's going to end up. I think he's going to be ending up this this year being the Darren Waller. 
That would be nice. Like that I love that. Yeah. Tight end with the targets underneath and deep. I think that's that's very um, doable. So I know I know uh, Cobb here has to get out of here. With that being said, I want to thank Cobb for coming. I want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to encourage you all to keep an ear out, keep your eyes out for the Hobby Shop Podcast, hosted by me, coming out in a few weeks. With that being said, you really all have to remember this one thing. There's a fight going on out there, gentlemen. Why don't you get in it? Clear eyes, full hearts. Which means...